Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ortiz fights it off center field. Damon run into the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but why? here comes a pizza. See it? <laughs> This is our fucking city, and nobody gonna dictate our city. Stay strong. All right, welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast on the internet. The Red Sox have won another series. Tyler, tell them what the fucking record is over the last 10 series, or 11 series. Are, are you sure you're ready for this? I'm ready for it. Nine, one, and one in their last what, ten series. What was what was the loss? Uh the Orioles. <laughs> it doesn't count. Right. No, it doesn't count at all. It five was a five-game series. series. That's not real. And it took one of the most massive meltdowns to actually happen. So yeah. not counting it. If it were a normal wait, so what this may go against us. Uh the first three games of that series, I can't remember how it went because it was like a doubleheader on Saturday, right? And they split. Yep. Winkowski lost the second game. Evaldi pitched a shutout the first game. Yeah. Did they win on that Friday or Thursday? Whatever the fuck it's. I think that was the meltdown, right? That was when Steve said oh, it. Oh, yeah. That, yes. was the, that was when Steve said it. The 8-2 or whatever it was. And Steve had to, unfortunately, uh, you know, attempt to derail all the progress we were making. but uh. Yeah, we've seen once he apologized, everything's back to where it needs to be. Yeah, I saw Steve today <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he texted me after and he was like, was that was that interaction that we just had awkward? And I, he Whoa. he thought I was like mad at him for saying it. But what happened was uh, I, I went to Fenway with my family today. We had two tickets and usually the person that lets me into Fenway without a ticket or my media pass was not there. So I was like, fuck. I mean, like, they're usually there 160, like, they're a 162 guy. So I wasn't even thinking, like, all right, I, I should apply for a media pass just in case. Or I, I didn't even have a backup plan. So I walked up and I had just got a coffee at Starbucks. And so I walk up to the gate. We have two tickets, four people. And I was like, fuck. I was like, all right, I guess I'll buy two standing room tickets just to get in. I open up the ballpark app and like, like, like all right, I have to sign up for an account. And it's like, you already have an account. It's like, all right, well, what's your password? Forgot your password. Reset your password. Put in your password. And then, oh, your, your fucking credit card is expired. So you need to put in a new payment method. And then I finally buy the fucking tickets. And then... I was like, oh, fuck. Now I have to wait in this big. I haven't waited in that big ass line. I know that this, this is like no one listening to this is going to be dude, fucking get over. It. This is what literally ever like you. You're so spoiled that you can just like <laughs> usually walk in whenever you want. And you're now a regular you have to wait civilian in line like everyone else. Oh, it's terrible. And I had to wait in this long ass line and then actually scan tickets 
And then as I'm getting closer, this is when Steve and his parents show up. And my sister was like, you better chug that coffee because you can't bring it in. And I was like, fuck. I was like, I forgot that when you're a regular person, you can't just walk in with a full fucking iced coffee from Starbucks. So I smashed this fucking full ass venti coffee to my brain, had brain freeze, was pissed that I had to buy tickets. And then that's when Steve walked up and I was like, yeah, what's up, dude? And he, <laughs> he, he t- and I didn't even realize at the time that that probably came off to Steve as like, fuck you, get out of my face. I hate you for saying it or for whatever other reason. Uh, but that's really why I was pissed off when I saw Steve. Like even just seeing Steve did not change my mood. It actually made it worse seeing his big fucking dumb head. And uh, that was maybe, I don't know, we were three people before going through the gate. And I was just housing this coffee that I wanted to enjoy. I wanted to enjoy it, could not enjoy it. Um, and then he, like, as we sat down, he texted me. He was like, is it me or is that awkward? And I was like, oh, yeah, I could totally understand why you would take that as I was mad at you. But I was just mad at the world at that point in time. So. So when this whole interaction happened, you didn't mm-hmm. think anything of it until he texted you. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think like I was not even because I was so flustered about like task you need to perf- perform this task to be able to perform that task to be able to perform this task to then get in and then I get everyone settled and you're trying to have a good father's day and provide a good experience for everyone. It's like, "Well, fuck, like this is all on me." And then even my sister, my adopted sister made a comment. She was like, I don't even remember what she said, but I was like, all right, I've taken you guys to Fenway 6,000 times. This is the one time that there's been a hiccup. Like, all right, sorry that I went five ninety nine nine for fucking 6,000. Sorry, I grounded out that one time. It happens. And I still came through. We You're had still a great fucking day. Everyone was happy. Everyone was so fucking happy, Tyler. Everyone had a great fucking day. We watched the Red Sox win and they won the series. And I saw Steve. It was great. Which was- is... The, the, I even said before we started recording the show that I had a rant that I wanted to go on. This ain't even it. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought this was the rant. No, no, this isn't even it. Uh, even though I was I prefaced it by saying, like, something happened in that series that really pissed me off. Uh, but no, this wasn't it. It happens. I mean, I was on a hot streak of being able to just go to Fenway whenever I wanted. And it's not an issue. Uh, this was one time where it happened to be an issue. And I was like, fuck, not great. Um, but I don't even, I don't want to, st- I'll, I'll get to the thing that pissed me off. There was something that pissed me off in the series and I want to discuss it. Uh, but I don't want to start off on a negative note, but Steve's face got this, got this episode off on a negative note. And we need to, we need to fucking steer the train back on the tracks right now because the Red Sox won another series, which is, which is why I kicked it to you on the nine, one and one record, right? Yes. And I, I just want to make sure before we do move off of this topic, was there mm-hmm. any remorse on Steve's face when you did see him? Any so- form of like, I know I messed up. I'm still trying to make things right. Honestly, I was so pissed off about having to wait in line and go through normal security that I I don't even remember seeing his face. I think I just like looked right through him. Uh, I shook his dad's hand. And I said, Happy Father's Day. I said hi to his mom. And then I went back to just being a miserable fuck. Okay. I'm okay with that. I don't think you crossed any lines. I think you had your priorities in the right place. If anything, it seems like Steve was being a little sensitive. I think it might. I think he was in his head. I I don't think he was being sensitive. I think he was in his head. I think he was like, fuck, I said it. This is the first time that I've seen Jared since I said it. And like, he's going to be mad about this. And then I was mad. And 
he was like, oh, this is all my fault why he's mad. But it was really something completely different. And the last time you guys even like made eye contact or in the same mm-hmm. vicinity, you were behind the glass, basically clawing your way through asking Correct. to be on that podcast to speak Correct. about things. I wanted to go on the podcast. Uh, I wanted to do it. Um, We've extended the offer to him as well. Yeah. Before the season, I, I said, you know, fucking if you want to come on by, come on by. And you know what he said? He said, suck my fucking balls, dude. That's what he said. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And he probably only didn't say that to you today because his family was with him. Uh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. 100%. It's tough. Sorry you had to go through all that on top of, you know, being Have treated like a normal civilian. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck was that, Fenway? Clean it up, dude. Clean it up. I mean, that's on me for being lazy and not just like applying for the press pass. But like, man, I waiting in line. Never thought I'd have to do it again. <clears throat> Never thought I'd have to do it again. Uh, but there I was on Father's Day, just being a regular guy, waiting in line, buying tickets, scanning them, getting into the game. Uh, and you know what? You know what was so great about it, though? What? It was because I used SeatGeek to get into the game. That's what was so great about it. And I know that like, you know, right now the 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 order of ads is out of order because I'm supposed to read the DraftKings uh ad first, but it's just it's too good of a place to just not read the fucking SeatGeek ad read right now because where would I be without SeatGeek? Where would I be without them? Where would I be without DraftKings? Because it's it's such a great partnership that we have. And that's how I got into Fenway Park was because I was like, hey, last minute tickets, you need them. Guess who's got them? SeatGeek. And by the way, shout out to St. Louis Cardinals fans. They showed the fuck up this weekend. There were a lot of St. Louis Cardinals fans there. Uh, very loud. Friday. Did I go? No, I didn't go on Saturday. I went Friday and Sunday. It was very loud for all good things St. Louis at Fenway Park over the weekend, which was great to see. Great fan base. But anyways. SeatGeek uh, saved my ass today because I would have looked like a real dickhead if only two of us could go to the game and not all four of us. And that's why SeatGeek is so beloved by butts everywhere is because they've made it the highest rated ticketing app, whether it's concerts, baseball, basketball, football, festivals, or anything else. SeatGeek puts tickets from all over the web in one place to make buying simple. And the best part, SeatGeek rates every ticket from zero to 10 to make sure you're getting a good deal. Green means good and red means bad. So I was like, show me those fucking green tickets to get in this game on Father's Day. And the best part is that you can get $20 off your first purchase with the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D at SeatGeek.com or on the SeatGeek app. That is promo code Jared for $20 off your first SeatGeek order. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat and download the app today, it may save you your relationship with your father. It may do that. For me, it did. I don't know that I would still have the same relationship with my family right now if it weren't for SeatGeek. So shout out to them and use the promo code Jared, $20 off. Um, So uh, the game that they lost, I didn't go to. So I I didn't vibe with that game per se. Uh, did either of you have you have you been to Fenway yet this year, Tyler? 
Yes, I went back during the White Sox series when they were here the first time around. Uh, went into extra innings. It was the day after the NBC game or day before the NBC game, the early morning. Saturday. Yeah. Yes, I had gone the day before. That was my one trip to Fenway this year. Is there, are you just too busy or like what you do not prefer going to the games? Like what's your deal? It's a mixture of things. I, my schedule isn't always the smoothest with having mm-hmm. the show Monday through Friday, every single week. Mm-hmm. I only have two days a week where I can hang out with my girlfriend because of her mm-hmm. job and my job. Yeah. Does she I not don't want like baseball? She deals with it. She she's come to understand that no. when we're together, she has to watch the game. She doesn't have a choice. Okay. Uh, it took a while to get to that point, I, but her love is not natural for sports or the Red Sox. So she's on steroids. Potentially. Okay. Um, Problematic, I guess. She is a big fan of Bobby Delbeck, though. Oh. Um, so, you know, she has good taste. Um, yes. But no, it, it t- it's taken some time for her relationship with the Red Sox to grow over time. So it's just a little hard with my schedule, but I'll be out there more, especially get through vacation, whatever it may be. And uh, definitely got to get back. Definitely got to yeah. get back. Yeah. Speaking of schedules, you know that Nesson show that I'm doing? Yes. <laughs> uh, so we have like a little like team powwow call the other day. I don't even know if I'm supposed to be saying this, but I think it's funny. So I'm going to say it. Uh, Thank you for the scoop. Of course. Big scoop. Um, So they were like just out of the blue. Would you be interested in jumping out of a plane? <laughs> I was like, oh, my uh, God. Uh, maybe I was like for the show, of course. Yeah. Do you know anyone that would want to do it? And I was like, there's one guy that would say yes to this immediately. Can I guess? So I'm going to read you the text messages and then you can tell me if you can guess the player. This is the easiest guess of all time. I'll let you continue with the text messages. (laughs) So I send this text message. I say, do you want to jump out of a plane with me? <laughs> he says, I'll do it tomorrow. Yep. And I said, it'd be, it'd be for that new Nesson show that I'm doing. <laughs> and he said, yep, need that in my life. And I said, done. Wow. All right. Uh, has this person been in the city of Boston uh, the last couple days? Days? No. Day? Uh, this year, yes. Is he running the marathon next year? No. Oh, wow. So I, this is a miss. I don't know I, that. I don't know that Brock would jump out of a plane. I don't think Lakin would let Brock jump out. of a plane. Okay. I'm not. A, I'm terrified of heights. I can't do heights whatsoever. I freak out. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just not built that way. Yeah. Uh, now, my second guess. Sure. Kevin Pulwecki. I don't think the Red Sox would let him jump out of a plane. I'm very lost. No, no way. Who who could this be? It's not Pat. Who? Definitely not. Pat's too pretty to jump out of a plane. Alcoholics can't jump off planes. Either. Right. They. He probably wouldn't pass a breathalyzer to be able to get in the plane. Um, yes. Wow. I thought it would be super obvious. Jake, who do you think it is? Kevin Jake. Millar. No, but I am doing something with Millar next week. Who? All right. Can you give us a hint? Without actually saying I feel it. like that's the hint. I feel like who the fuck is crazy enough to jump out of a plane? <clears throat> crazy enough. Section 10 alumni, which I know doesn't really narrow it down. Um, 
Oh, but Coley? Nope. I mean, that'd be Coley is the most afraid of heights. <laughs> Coley would fucking puke and shit himself and pass <laughs> out, and maybe die before we even left the ground. Just the idea of it. There's no way he would do it. So is this a guest, a guest of Section 10? Yep. Hmm. I feel like there's people listening to this right now being like, it's fucking so-and-so. Like, who is crazy enough to be like, hell, like, immediately, yep, I'm jumping out of that fucking plane. That's no longer playing for the Red Sox. No longer playing Johnny for the Damon. Red Sox. No, but I, that's another story. Johnny Damon fucking slept over my house this past weekend. I do need to hear about that because when I saw that tweet, I got quite excited. A lot of people were like, are you joking? Not a joke. That really happened. Me that's and Johnny Damon had a fucking sleepover this past weekend. That's a personal achievement. Mm. And he slept on that couch? He slept in the movie theater seats. Wow. He actually, so like, you know, not to brag, but like my apartment has a deck, like a private deck. Mm-hmm. And he was like, how do you open the slider? He's like, just in case I want to like go out there and sleep on the deck. I was like, that's the most fucking Johnny Damon thing of all time. Like, you're just going to go out there and sleep on a fucking deck. Uh Johnny Gomes is going to jump out. Of the oh, all right. I'm embarrassed. Uh, the, yeah, I didn't get the that most far. Johnny Go- like, Gomes thing of all time. I, I guess I thought it was too simple with the other podcast. I, I guess I got too far. Yeah. I, I just didn't think that way. Um, yeah, Johnny Gomes, goddamn wow. lunatic. I knew the second that they were like, hey, we want you to jump out of a plane. I was like, all right. So this is going to be the Gomes episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, that's going to be great. I don't I told my mom. She was like, what the fuck? You're gonna do what, Jared? <laughs> like, well, I'm doing it with Johnny Gomes. Does that make you feel any better? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, honestly, yeah. if your parachute failed to open, I feel like Johnny Gomes could catch you. He could yeah. reel you in. Yeah, I feel like that. I don't know that he's done it before. He didn't specify. He didn't say that he has. But that seems like a very Johnny Gomes thing to do. Jump just out of a plane. He doesn't fear anything. I've never no. seen an ounce of terror in this man's eyes before. No. I mean, he's uh, he's like actually died before. Th- that's true. That's yeah. a very good point. What did he do? He like fought a bear. He's like had a heart attack and died. Like he's been in like car accidents that he almost died. Like this dude stares death in the face for fun all the time. Yeah. That whatever it was, what, the, what they call back in the day, an E6 year or whatever that he did uh, yeah. talking about that whole thing. Like, mm hmm. That man is not afraid of a single thing in this world. So it does make me feel a little, just a little more better. I, as someone who's scared yeah. of heights, I don't want something to happen to you. Yeah. So it makes me a little bit more comfortable knowing that you'll be saved if need be. Yeah. I think for me, I don't know that I'm afraid of heights. I feel like it's a different game when you get up there. Even if you're not scared of heights, like yeah. when you're about to hit that ledge. <laughs> but like you literally have another human being trained professional on your back like would i jump out of a plane by myself probably not but like if you've got this dude on your back being like bro i got you i've done like six thousand jumps like we're, we're good and it's like all right yeah we're good and then by the time you jump like there's nothing you can do about it like you're just you're out of the plane like you're going dude so this would be the kind of thing where it'd be you and johnny and i guess someone would be jumping with cameras or it'd be a gopro kind of thing yeah uh i think I think we'd have like GoPros on the helmets and maybe there's a third person that's jumping with us to film it in the air. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work. This is all like a work in progress for the show. Uh, I know like Kirk talked about this on his show where 
he was like, oh, like, they're just they're gonna do stuff like do laundry together and blah 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 blah. I'm sure, it's, dude, we're jumping on fucking plane, man. Like this is this show. It's all on the line. Yeah, this is not an ad read for this show, but obviously I'm gonna pump the shit out of it if we're doing crazy shit. Like I, we're gonna have to raise the bar. Like I think like one of the, like the uh one of the, the thing that we're doing with Millar, they want to go to like a horse ranch or something to like. I like it. Yeah, I don't know what the hell. I don't know what's going on with with this show and the things that we're going to do. Not everything. I don't want it to be like Red Sox jackass. Like, I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to be that actually sounds like a pretty good show. It would be a great show, but I I just I I don't know. Uh, So I think it'd be funny. Like once we start rolling out a couple episodes and people see the idea of you know, we're going to do it started off as, yeah, what do you do when you're not at Fenway? Like, let's go sneaker shopping with Trevor's story. And then now it's going to turn into like, all right, like let fucking Manny shoot you with, with a paintball gun or something. I want to like, see what? you like go hunting with John Lester. I want to see. Yeah. Like, some, yeah, I want to see you out in nature, out mm-hmm. of your element. Yeah. Kind of like this where. Mm-hmm. Anything could happen. You don't want something terrible to happen. Right. But enough happens that people are a little concerned. Right. Like wrestle alligators with J.D. Drew. That's exactly what people need. Yeah. Stab people with machetes with Uga Therbina. <laughs> That'd be sick. <laughs> Whoever knows, like whatever Alfredo Aceves is doing right now. Be yeah. there. Be next right. to him. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to be doing. That's the concept for the show. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Um, but anyways, uh, Johnny Damon slept over my house over the weekend. Which How did what led to all this? Were you guys at the game together and he just needed no. a place to stay? Yes. So he, <laughs> okay. he was trying to fly back to where he lives in Orlando and all the flights got canceled. And because of the U.S. Open and the finals, there was no hotels anywhere. So he couldn't get a hotel and he couldn't fly out. So what do you do? You ask Jared Carabas if you can sleep on his couch, I guess. And you didn't and even hesitate. I mean, at first I was, I was, I was still walking out of the garden when he asked. I was like walking away from the crowd and um, I thought he was joking, but he was serious. And he just, yeah, he, he came over to my place. And uh, drank my beer and crashed on the couch. <laughs> and uh, I, don't, I think he got, I think he had to go from Boston to Providence to fly out of Providence because there were still no flights out of Boston. Jesus. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like it, it felt normal to me then. I mean, if you told like high school Jared that, like, well, hey, you <laughs> see that guy that just hit that grand slam at Yankee Stadium? You're going to have a sleepover with him someday at your apartment that's across the street from Fenway. You're like that. No. You've had a lot of these moments, obviously, like yeah. I made it moment. But <laughs> I don't even Johnny- know if it was like it was just one of those things that it sounds insane. But since so many insane things have happened that it feels it felt normal to me at the time. And it still is just one of those things where I was like, yeah, you know, but you tell that to jared sophomore in high school that was you know wearing the same fucking underwear for 10 straight days from game four the alcs through the world series that that would happen someday 
I don't know that that's uh, uh, something that he would believe. I'm not going to lie as we're going through different TV show ideas here. Uh, mm-hmm. Sleepovers at Jared's. They're like different yeah. Red Sox players. This is also another mm-hmm. series. Nesson, I don't know if you're listening. I yeah. feel like people would be invested in this as well. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we, would, we wouldn't be able to use the name, but it's a great name. Uh, Will Middlebrooks, when he was at my apartment, uh, he's, I was like, yeah, we should have a sleepover. And he said, yeah, Netflix and Will. That would be a oh. great name if like me and will were just sleeping on the floor with our guests but you can't use the word netflix for a nesson show but it would be great it'd be great um yeah i don't know i can't tell you who the next sleepover is gonna be uh but it it is funny like the where my building is they have an app for the guest list so like if you if you show up in my building and you say that you want to come to my apartment you still have to show your driver's license. And then if you're on my list, then they'll just let you up. And if you're not, then they have to call me. And then I have to like say, yeah, come on up. The guest list at my apartment, because of all like the streams and whatever else is like, I don't know, 70% former Red Sox. <laughs> like It's like Johnny Gomes, Johnny Damon, Will Middlebrooks, Lou Merloni, uh, Dallas Braden, uh, I'd have to look at it again, but it's just absolutely absurd. The the people that have just rolled through here because of the content, I guess. Now, it's a wild scene. If you compared your guest list to everybody else in your building, do you think you went out? Hmm. Good question. Maybe you have to. If I was I working, don't know the who f- else lives here. If I was working the front desk and I saw that list, you know what that would mean to someone like me, to anybody, <laughs> even someone you don't even have to be into baseball like that. But come on, that's a star. Yeah. St- like it's a good list, solid list. It's a solid list. Um, I don't know if any players live in this building. I know a couple of them live next door. But as far as this building, I don't think any of them live in this building. But yeah, that was uh, that was the sleepover with Johnny Damon. And what a what a just a, a, a an unforeseen thing to happen. So if there's any current or former Red Sox looking for a place to say your doors open, I guess it depends on who it is. Wow. Just, yeah. I mean, like if Pablo Sandoval was like, hey, man, I'm stranded. I'd be like, that sucks. Dude, starving. He needs a meal. <laughs> yeah. Jared, please. Yeah. Come in <laughs> off the streets. I'll take care of you. I don't think he would if 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 this was the last option on earth, I think Pablo would sleep on the street before he ever asked me for a spot on my couch. Considering your history with Clay, would you bring Clay? Yes. Yeah. I think it would be a great bonding experience to bury the hatchet. I would let Clay sleep over for sure. You're a good guy. Yeah. People people don't say that enough. It's tough. You're humble, so you don't like force people to say it. You just kind of wait for it to happen. I just let people make observations based on reality. That's all. That's what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. And I'm here for DraftKings. Are you? you can, yeah, 100%. You can slide into stacks of cash this baseball season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. If you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday this MLB season, you can do that with the DraftKings Same Game Parlays. 
Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many bases will be stolen, total runs, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. All you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code Jared. Bet just $5 and get $150 in free bets no matter what happens on the field. That is promo code Jared at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. MLB trademarks used with permission. Uh, what was the day game? That was what, Thursday? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yes. Last time we recorded. Yeah. Yeah, because that's when uh, I was creeping out Heim in the Legend Suite. And he uh, had brought up how much he was a fan of mine and yes. just a nice hide to you know mm-hmm. make sure I knew I was heard. That's what we got to do next, Jake. We got to get the Bluminati t-shirts rolling. Oh, please. Please. Speaking of Bluminati. start designing them now, but we need to have them ready to go by the trade deadline once once Heim Bloom makes a, a huge monster trade that's going to bring the Red Sox to a championship. Yes, that shuts a lot of people up. And, you know, once again, people want to say Heim won't do anything, but uh, that Kyle from Waltham guy was pretty good last year, right? Mm-hmm. Won't trade prospects. Won't do it, though. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, speaking of Heim Bloom fleeces, Nick Pavetta? Nick Pavetta, please? Can we talk about what he did in that final game of the series? I would love to uh, talk about that. Um, from like an isolated standpoint, just the one start. But I, I kind of want to paint like a, a broader stroke here, if, if you don't mind. Stroke me. I would love to. So I tweeted during this game. Um, let me get the direct quote because I just want to make sure I got it right here. I tweeted, and I don't know if you agree with this or not. Uh, Nick Pavetta is going to be an all-star this year. I don't think that's a crazy statement. So I'm looking at the numbers. And by the way, Nick Pavetta in the series finale went seven innings, four hits, one earned run, four walks, but they were earlier in the, in the uh, outing. Another 10 strikeout performance. Another performance of at least 10 strikeouts. So you're looking at these numbers, right? And you're thinking, oh, that's, you know, it's pretty good. It's one start. <clears throat> sure, it's one start, but over Nick Pavetta's last nine starts. And I know that I'll never use win-loss. I'll never use a pitcher record by itself. But in this concoction of numbers, I think it's, it's fine to just throw it in there. He's first in the majors and wins. Fifth in ERA. It's a 177. Fourth in whip. 084. Second in innings and strikeouts out of the 73 starting pitchers who qualify over that span. So I don't know. Um, like, yes, that's, that's a nine-start chunk. And you don't get to the All-Star game for, for your best nine straight consecutive starts. But looking at the numbers now, Nick Pavetta, his ERA on the year is down to 331. It's down to 331, and we're talking about a guy that at the end of April, going into his first start of May, had an 827 ERA. It was still over five by mid-May. And now we're talking about a 331 earned run average, 
for Nick Pavetta. All-star. I, yeah, I, I don't think that's a crazy statement. And I think you look at just today's start within itself. You know, a year ago, Nick Pavetta, we knew usually in the first or second inning what Nick Pavetta you were getting that day. If he started walking guys like we saw the four walks, uh, the command was kind of spotty overall. All right. It was going to be a Nick Pavetta start where he probably didn't even make it five innings. Hmm. Whatever transformation Nick Pavetta went through, which I think really started to take force, you know, down the stretch last year in that playoff run where he truly found himself. Obviously, the mechanics got a little out of whack in April this year. He's taken that next step. This is no longer a back end arm. This is the guy, the Red Sox, when they said, hey, Eduardo Rodriguez, we'll see you later. We think Nick Pavetta can be a mid-rotation starter, someone who can anchor us, who can keep the rotation afloat when you lose Nate Evaldi, when you lose Garrett Whitlock, you get Nick Pavetta, who comes in and, listen, people want to say, oh, he's only faced bad teams. He did it against the Cardinals today. And he was getting stronger with every single inning. And even, you know, the one run, couple little bloop singles. That's basically what did it to you. And he gave up that run. I just, I look at where Nick Pavetta is right now. And I think we're just seeing a guy. It took a little longer for him. We knew the ups and downs he had with the Phillies. It just feels like it's all coming together. And I'm not seeing anything here that says, oh, this isn't going to last. Like, listen, a 177 ERA, nobody's going to do that. But I I don't think we're going to see a return of Nick Pavetta from years past. I don't think this is a kind of question anymore where we say, oh, you know, like people a month or two ago, Jared, I'm guessing you saw this too. Should Nick Pavetta be a closer? Should he be in the bullpen? Fuck no. He's a starting pitcher. And guess what? He's under team control. He's not a free agent until 2025. Yep. Fleece. Mm-hmm. Illuminati. Fleece. <laughs> Seriously, though. And, you know, know, shout out Connor Seabold, who's also absolutely shoving down in AAA right now. He's a guy. Um, and that trade was for Connor Seabold. That was the main reason for that deal. But, hey, you got Nick like, yeah, Pavetta. You, you guys want Nick Pavetta, too? Eh. Fucking get this guy out of here. Heim said, hey, send him. Send him my way. Yeah. Um you add Nick Pavetta here and you quickly realize, whoa, Nick Pavetta, Garrett Whitlock. Haim has given you two, you know, upper tier rotation arms moving forward here that you can lean on. And that's not including, you know, the Brian Bayos of the world and whatever may play out there. Michael Waka this year. Props to Haim Bloom, props to the Red Sox for just emphasizing Nick Pavetta and putting him in this pitching lab because you've turned a guy who was barely clinging to a big league spot. Mm hmm into someone who is anchoring a pitching staff, who's become a leader on this team. And you saw as he went today, that energy he had on the mound, that shit is contagious. Christian Vasquez with the huge three-run insurance homer. You're telling me they weren't fired up watching Pavetta walk off the mound like that? Mm. Come on. Come on. Seriously. Put some fucking respect on his name. I'm with you. And, and the thing about Pavetta going to the bullpen I don't think that, that that fans were saying that as sort of a demotion. It was almost a compliment because he was so good in that role in the playoffs last year. I, I do think that, but I think at the same time, people were saying this is not someone who can go through the lineup and go deep into games. And I think yeah. over the last nine starts, I think eight of them, he's gone at least six innings. Like this isn't yes. a guy who, you know, drew Pomerantz a couple of years ago. The ERA looks pretty, but we're happy he's going five. You know what I mean? Mm. This is a guy who's going deep into games and, it reminds me of Nate Evaldi in a lot of ways. When we saw that transformation afterwards, 
it feels like he's going through his own version of that. And, you know, will he become, you know, an ace or anything like that? No, I'm not saying that. But for him to become this kind of pitcher at this point in his career with the team control he has, he's a very big part of what the Red Sox will be doing in the coming years. So Nick Pavetta is now fourth because someone must have uh, someone in this group must have uh, started today to bump him up. So his 177 ERA since May 7th is fourth in the majors. Only uh, McClanahan, uh, Alcantara, and Musgrove have been better over that span. And um, all three of those guys would be in any Cy Young conversation right now. Yeah, the thing that's crazy about fucking it's it's all I've heard it pronounced Alcantara and Alcantara. Do we know I, what, what is it Alcantara? How'd you say it the first way? Alcantara. That's how I've heard it more frequently. But I know this is actually a frequent conversation on uh talking baseball as well. Is it really? They have every single time each one of the guys pronounces it differently and they just go with it. Should I call should I call Jake? I don't think that's a bad idea. If if we could get a confirmation here, I think it'd go a long way. All right. I'm going to call Jake. This is like the first time that we've ever had uh, a crossover before. I love Jake. Um, I think he's a hilarious dude. So please guide us, Jake. All right. I'm going to FaceTime him and see if he answers. <clears throat> he might not answer. I mean, it's I don't know. He's. His, he's probably gonna be like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Please, Jake, come through for us, Jake. Mm. Not today. I don't know. I mean, Coley would never do this. What? No. Oh wow, a buzzer beater answer. Okay. Uh, we're live recording Talking Yank. What's up? Uh, we're live recording the podcast that we can't call Section Ten anymore. Hey Jimmy, can he? What's going on on that podcast? Um, so we were looking at some numbers, and uh, Nick Pavetta. Wait, wait, let me let me take out my let me take out my headphones. Okay, can you yeah. Hear me? Oh yeah, because I'm not connected to my phone. I'm that stupid. You're All dumb. right, keep going. Uh, so we're looking at some numbers here. Uh, since May seventh, Nick Pavetta has the fourth best ERA in baseball. And we were looking at who had a better ERA than him over that span. And we couldn't figure out, is it Sandy Alcantara or Sandy Alcantara or Alcantara? Jimmy's going three. Jimmy's going three. <laughs> I, would pick, I would pick all three. <laughs> so, like, do we know? Does anyone know for sure? Jimmy, so Jimmy's got... The way he's figured it out, and he dove into this like Jimmy style. Okay. That uh, the end, when you're saying ta should be like ta-da, like you're a magician finishing a joke. So like Alcantara. Yes, Jimmy's excited. <laughs> Roll it a little. Don't get sexy with it. Sandy Alcantara. Yes. I, my, only, my only plus to that would be sexier. Okay. Yeah. All right, so I'll I'll, uh, I'll try and get it down, but we can't figure it out. How are you? Uh, how are you feeling about your Red Sox? 
Oh, we we're that was gonna be the next uh segment. We were gonna mention how uh let's see, since uh May 10th, which is when Alex Cora shaved his beard. Season uh, started. The Red Sox are twenty-six and twelve, which is the second best record in Major League Baseball over that span. That's a thirty-eight game sample. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Second best record in baseball. Oh, uh, Jim, I just, I wait for it. Wait for it. All right, Jim, I should have you now. Bless the best. Um, uh, it doesn't say. Yeah, it doesn't say. It doesn't say that's a weird sight. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it, it like when you want to like search like the Red Sox, it's like, all right, the Red Sox are second, and then it shows everyone who comes after them. It shows all the teams that they're better than. That's a weird. Oh, that ringing noise isn't the froyo I ordered again after they canceled. <laughs> so we'll just keep talking. <laughs> are you guys? You got? Are you guys streaming right now? Yeah. yeah. Is it live? Oh, you're live. Okay. You're on the internet. Oh, oh hell yeah! Is this the first time that we've ever done a cross promo? No, I I think I went on your show at the uh, winter meetings, right? Winter meetings, uh, the Yankee side goal. Yeah, that, what a terrible contract that was. Statistically, the worst pitcher in your rotation, correct? He's a coach. He's a coach. It's a yeah, it's, yeah. The the pitching coach said that. Got it. Got it. Um. All right. Well, we we should really uh we should do something together officially sometime. Yeah, we uh. Oh, uh, we'll hit you up after this. Yeah, we're we uh we have some plans to come up to Fenway, so we uh I think you you hang out there sometimes, so that might be the easiest. I've been there. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, Jared, can you let them know Nick Pavetta has a better ERA than Garrett Cole? Dude, I'll uh I'll hit you up after this. We're uh we just played hockey all weekend and we're literally zombies. So all right. I'll, uh, all right, uh, before wait, before I go, uh, Nick Pavetta has a better ERA than Garrett Cole. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, we'll talk to you later. All right, bye. Bye. All right. <clears throat> uh, I I don't even remember what we landed on. Alcantara, right? Yes, I, I just looked up the pronunciation. That uh, ta-da, ta-ra, styling mm-hmm. of pronunciation, that is how it is listed here. Sandy Alcantara. Exactly. Okay. Um, okay. So he's second. <laughs> Good. We landed on that. All right. Well, yeah, that's that was talking talking Pavetta. I'm just happy we could communicate that Nick Pavetta has been a better pitcher than Garrett Cole this year. Yeah, no, and, that's a fact. And last time I checked, Nick Pavetta isn't making the same money as Garrett Cole. No. no right? No, 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 right? No, no, is that no, true? No, no. Yeah, let me look that up just to be sure. Please. I, I know we can get a little crazy out here comparing. Mm. There's no way Garrett Cole signed the biggest deal ever for a pitcher and Nick no. Pavetta no, 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 no. is, you know, still under team control for quite some time. Yeah. Let's see. <clears throat> Nick Pavetta this year is making uh Two point six five million dollars. Oh, so 
Garrett has to be making like what, like three or something? <laughs> Somewhere around there. No way. Like, yeah. You know, because Pavetta, 331 right. ERA against a 333 ERA, 331 mm-hmm. is better than 333. Yeah. Not a math guy or anything. Jake, do you think Nick Pavetta is going to the motherfucking All Star game, dude? I don't know if he's going to get the recognition he deserves, but he mm. certainly should. He's, he definitely should. He definitely should. Like, like This tweet is already outdated. I tweeted it two hours ago. Fifth in ERA. He's fourth. Boom. I just like, I look at Nick Pavetta right now, and for the Red Sox, they could have easily crumbled over the last week or so without Nate Evaldi, without Garrett Whitlock. I think a lot of people would have told you if those injuries happened at some point this year, everything was going to sink, especially yeah. before Chris Sale was back. And yeah. it has been alone, you know, Cutter Crawford and Josh Winkowski with some big starts. Obviously, Cutter, not so great this time around. But when you look at the Red Sox pitching staff, who leads in war this year, who's contributed the most, it's Nick Pavetta, and it's not really close. He's by far their most valuable pitcher this year. Mm. And that was when everyone was healthy. What's his, uh, what's his wins above replacement? Let me pull that up for you real quick. Yeah, let me get that F war. Yeah, let me get the F four, dude. It's got to be like two, um, two ish. It might be a tick below that. Mm. So coming into today. Oh, so yeah, it's not updated. Yeah, Fangrass won't update till tomorrow. But what was yeah. it coming to today? One point four this year so mm. far. And let mm. me just tell you, last year, do you want to guess what his F four was? Uh. 0.9. No, 2.1. But okay. he's going to shatter that this year. Shatter. And he's throwing slower. Yeah, he is. Not scared, but the fastball's popping more than ever. I think, I mean, I've seen that too. Like fucking Martin Perez, who's probably going to win the Cy Young Award this year, is also throwing slower. Sometimes it's a command thing. And I think that was always it with Nick Pavetta. And that's why I think people freaked out a little bit when we saw the walks today. But over the stretch, that's been the biggest thing. He's dotting that fastball. He does not need that velocity on it all the time. You know, I feel bad. He basically bullied Albert Pujols today. That was was mean. He did it twice. He knew, like, Albert Pujols cannot catch up to this fastball. Let me just shove it down his throat again and again. You know what was even meaner about it is Albert came up to the plate the first time. And Nick Pavetta stepped off the back of the mound so that everyone could cheer him. And he even, like, tipped his cap. He's like, fucking love you, Albert. Now get in there so I can punch your old ass out. That was sad. That was fucked up. That was fucked it, it up. Was that mean. was mean. It was mean. It was deliberate. It, it when was you're a dog, him. when you're mm-hmm. a dog, you don't care. In Nick Pavetta, that energy, it's just something the Red Sox over the years have not had a ton of. Someone that was that emotional out there. And I'd go out and say, maybe Chris Sale, you can throw in that. We saw that during the postseason run last year. But it's like Jake Peavy crazy. And everyone says, I don't know, Jared, how well you know him off the field. But he comes off as a pretty normal guy. When he gets out there, it's just something flips. There's a craziness to him. Yes. So I've had, I mean, I've never had a conversation with him. Uh, But when he walks by, I'll say hi. You know, know, it's like kind of weird is like uh, Diekman, like Jake Diekman. Mm. 
uh, he's one of those dudes. Like he follows me. He so he's boys with Dallas from when he was with the A's, and he follows me. Like he'll like my posts and stuff. But when he's in the dugout, he's just fucking all business. He's like, I'm going from point A to point B, and I'm not stopping for anyone. I've never had a conversation with Deepman Pavetta. I can at least get like a hey, what's up? What's going on? Hey, how are you? Uh, some other guys will stop and talk. Um, but I think it's more of a pitcher thing. Pitchers are just fucking all business, man. Like fucking, I posted the video of me taking batting practice at Fenway and here comes fucking Julio's slow ass comes into the dugout, sits down. He's looking at the film. I was like, that's, that's Manny swing like that. Just so you know, that's Manny swing. That was the first thing that came to my mind when I did watch your Instagram post the other day. That's cause it is the mechanics were so sound. You look balanced. Yeah, I just, you know, no disrespect. I didn't expect the mechanics to still be there at this point in your career. Listen, I grew up watching Manny Ramirez, which is why when I swing a baseball bat, that's what it looks like. It looks like Manny. So no bullshit. Right hand to God. I so that video of me in the cage was super zoomed out. And then I went on like a video editing like thing to upload the video and then zoom in on it. I was doing this as Johnny Damon is on my couch. So I zoom in on the video and I was like, come here for a second. So he sits next to me and I, I was like, whose swing is this? I hit play and he was like, that's Manny. Wow. I swear to God, it was, a, it was immediate and it was the first guess. He was like, that's Manny. And I was like, yes, Johnny, Johnny Damon, former teammate, World Series champion teammate with Manny Ramirez. Yes, you're correct. So then I showed that to uh, JD. And he says, um, he said, the swing looks slow. And I was like, I slowed it down so that you could see the mechanics better. Yeah. Which was a lie, I, but let's be fuck real him for saying that. He's slow I, no, around the bases. You want to say my swing is slow? Your fucking legs are slow. Fuck you. Yeah. No, no offense to JD, but like hitting guru, whatever, uh, <laughs> whatever people want to say, right? Uh, master of mechanics. I, that swing looked pretty good. And no offense to him, but. You know, Johnny Damon, you didn't have to say anything to him for him to do that. And that's what I'm saying. And did JD Martinez ever play with Manny Ramirez? No, he fucking wishes he did. I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but like, he th- deserves that's just the obvious connection. Yeah. Has JD Martinez ever been a teammate of Manny Ramirez? No. You know, not who even literally close. could not have been closer to Manny Ramirez on it from a defensive positioning standpoint. Johnny Damon. I mean, facts. I'd- I swear to God, I did not lead him in that direction. I pulled up the video and I said, whose swing is this? He said, Manny Ramirez. That's Manny. Listen, I'm not. It is what it is. Like, I'm not looking for people to say that I'm I could have been the next Manny. Uh, I chose podcasting. Obviously, I could have went to the pros if I wanted to. I chose podcasting because the career longevity is clearly uh, smarter. I think, what, it, what is the average length of a big league career? It's like two and a half years, maybe yeah. less at this point. And I actually saw, you know, Tom House. Obviously, we know what his mm-hmm. career was and, you know, former yep. major league pitcher um, and all the coaching things he's done today. He actually agreed that this was the right career path for you. And despite knowing your talent and your ability, knows you put your family first, kind of mm-hmm. like you did today to get them mm-hmm. into Fenway Park. Of course, that's that's what I'm doing here is 
you want to play in the big leagues for two and a half years or do you want to be a podcaster for 20 years? And I made that choice, even though clearly I could have went to the big leagues based on that swing. You know, I think I speak for everybody who's listening to this podcast right now, but um, thank you for your sacrifices and understanding the game is bigger than just you. Thank you. Thank you. It's, do you need a minute? You look like you're getting a little emotional over there. Yeah, I am. I, uh, you know, just reflecting on the big, the big league career I could have had. Um, but then appreciating the podcasting career that I do have. Was but, this uh, the continue? Sorry. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's emotional. It is. Yeah. Um, was this the best round of BP you ever took at Fenway? Yes. Yeah. The first one wasn't great. There was, I think, uh, the first time I was super nervous. This was in like 2015 or 16, maybe. I was nervous. But this round, I was like, man, I got this. Fucking roll in there. Bang. Bang. Mm. Bang. Just, it was, it was a fucking display. I, I would like, you know, Manny was in my neck of the woods today. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if you Rocks heard about that. Yes. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Right down the street from me, mm-hmm. Campanelli Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he could come out and, you know, just kind of check out and see where your mechanics stand. I, I know his son has somewhat similar mechanics as we've seen over the years. Yeah. Um, no with some of the film that's come out, you're cut from the same cloth. Yeah. I mean, Evan Longoria was talking shit on this post, but like he was wrong. Um, Brian Johnson said, yikes, he's obviously jealous. Uh, David Ortiz's ex-wife said doppelganger. You think David Ortiz's ex-wife hasn't seen Manny Ramirez take some hacks? Of course she has. Once again, I'm seeing the same thing. Guys who did not play with Manny Ramirez, you know, Evan Longoria, we know played against, but played with, there's a big difference there. Right. And Evan Longoria is a big time hater. He's a big hater. Mm-hmm. He's always hating on my posts on Instagram, but I think it's because he just knows that my swing is sweeter than his. And that's that's just the truth. And then now that I'm looking at my Instagram here, that reminds me that the, the very next post was with Brock Holt. How was that this week? And I saw that nice photo you two took together. It was amazing. Brock Holt is uh, <clears throat> he's a dear friend. And um, I, I knew that he was in town because he texted me a video of him standing on the street, zooming in on my windows. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, Brock's in town. And then I was in the dugout on Friday, just sitting there, minding my own business showing anyone who would look at my swing. And then uh, Xander Bogarts walked off the field. He was at the top step of the dugout. And I see this this jolly baseball fan wearing a Red Sox jersey. It was a Bogarts jersey. And uh, there's a large embrace. And lo and behold, there's there's Brock Holt. And uh, it was quite the moment. I'm glad it was captured. Um, Yeah, it was cool. He... He was in the dugout with two of his kids and Lakin, his wife. And I think it was like his neighbor, his old neighbor from when he actually like had a house here. So like they kept in touch and they sat on the monster together. 
um we were all kind of just sitting there in awe watching albert Pujols take grounders after the red sox were done with bp then the cards went out there to hit and Pujols actually looked over at brock and said hi wow yeah Pujols Pujols knighted brock holt in that moment i was like how the fuck do you guys know each other when you're I making guess- baseball history that's what brock holt did well, when you're for playing, the cycle in the postseason, baby, come yeah, on. No one else has done that. I guess I guess if Pujols was standing at second base after a double, he probably chatted up Brock for a little bit. But I was oh. like, never in the same division. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if he's playing some second base, I, I'm sure that he would have chatted up Pujols a little bit. Did Brock have a little bit of a like a fanboy moment or was he just like super cool about it? He, he played it off real cool. Yeah, he was like, what's up, Al? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, AP, my dude? What's up, bro? I don't know if he was uh, in the same fourth grade class. Was it you or Jake when you met Albert Pujols and he taught you Spanish? Oh, right, right, right. Well, he taught both of us Spanish. So he was part of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Nice guy, you know, to you're out there working on hitting 700 homers at the big league level. And you're taking time out of your day to teach people Spanish. What a guy. Um, so that was cool. Got to talk to Nolan before the game on Friday. Uh, I saw Jack Flaherty talk to him before the game. And I found it interesting. You know, some of these guys, like, they get geeked up to play at Fenway, which is cool. Like, as I- visiting players, it's like we don't get to play at Fenway all the time. Like, this is still cool to us, too. I think all of that this weekend, like it doesn't come out with every interleague ser- series, especially anymore. But like you said, the amount of fans that were out there, the way the Red Sox paid respects to Albert Pujols, like during this and having Poppy come out and do all that different stuff. I loved it. It, it just felt like such a like it, it was a special environment. The games felt high stake. And obviously you're talking about a team that's leading the NL Central right now. Um, but you felt it like the ballpark was alive. Fans were talking. I saw a bunch of different videos of like people going to talk to Cardinals fans and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it felt like a little old school interleague play where, you know, everyone used to get really like excited about that kind of stuff. Yeah. In 2000, I want to say 10. That's when the Cubs came to Fenway for the first time in like 90 years or whatever the fuck it was. And I remember being at that series. And to that point, Outside of maybe Yankee games, I can't remember ever feeling invaded by a fan base before. Uh, I think it was like that Cubs series in 2010. A shit ton of Cubs fans were there. It was like 60-40. And then when the Mets came in 2015 or 17, it was whenever like the whole crowd did the Yankees suck chant. Like that was fucking cool. Like I'm not a big like Yankee suck chant guy, but when Red Sox fans and Mets fans did a Yankee suck chant together, that was cool. Like Yankee suck chant in the nineties was cool because there was hatred behind it. And nowadays it's kind of just sad because uh, either the Red Sox are in last place and, and Red Sox fans are chanting Yankee suck or I mean, the Yankees just aren't that good anymore. So like they're you're chanting Yankees suck when it's like well they actually kind of do suck so that's just sad. I'm not a big Yankee suck chant guy. I'm just not. But this Cardinals fan base showed up big time and it was it was fun to watch. Cool. 
And it's even a bigger deal when you look at it starting next year, right? You're going to have the new schedule where you're seeing everybody, Mm -hmm. you know? So like this kind of stuff where it's this rare will not happen anymore. And I don't know. I I think the Red Sox, the statement they made in this series, I think it was arguably the most energetic three-game series there's been this year. Yeah. And that's including all the games you played against your division rivals in the beginning, the first month of the year, a lot of tight games, those ninth innings in game one and three, I haven't sweat that hard since last October. Mm. Yeah, I, uh, I was pretty, (laughs) um, I was pretty excited for the cards to come in. And I think you made this point earlier. I'm sick and tired of people being like, yeah, the Red Sox are playing good baseball, but they haven't been playing good baseball teams. Guess what? St. Louis Cardinals, first place fucking baseball team. Unless the Red Sox didn't knock them out of first, did they? I believe they're now tied with the Brewers. Okay. But when the series started, they were in first place. First place team. And there were two things that I loved. Obviously, uh, on the surface level, you love winning the series in general um, against the first place team. But... After you got the shit kicked out of you on Saturday, that series could go one of two ways. You can continue to downward spiral and get in your head and be like, fuck, we just got we just got our asses handed to us by a legit first place team. They come back the next day, they win a ball game, they win the series. And that's what it's been all about. Like the Yankees, the the thing about the Yankee fans this year that like normally I just I pity them. But the one thing this year that has actually annoyed me is they want to make everything about them. They want they 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 have because they're so far ahead in the division. And I think Red Sox fans are, for the most part, reasonable and haven't even like we're not talking about catching the Yankees. No one's like they wanted to make no one. They they want to make June 28th about them. Every time I'm like, don't say it June 28th, they're like mathematically you can't even catch the Yankees by then I'm like you fucking idiot it's not about you it's not about the Yankees has nothing to do with the Yankees and what they don't understand is in a lot of situations where the Red Sox are competing right now against the Blue Jays which hey nice game you blew today uh you know against the Blue Jays (laughs) like that I'm basically hoping the Yankees win because I want to take that wild card I want to keep moving up look at the Rays who are falling off right now you had a great tweet today by the way half a game separates them Keep half that game. in mind, please. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the Guardians have to win. So half a game there as well. They've won six we're pa- Yeah, we're paying attention to the wild card race. Props to the Yankees. Things have gone well for you. They think they're doing charity for people. I- I've never seen anything like it. Like the, You can tell Yankees fans were still so upset and still mad today when the Blue Jays came back. They haven't stopped tweeting about it. It's oh 10 God. p.m. And they're sitting there. Oh, Blue Jays fans celebrating like they won the World Series. You people are the ones who are mad. You're legit yeah. mad. That was a huge comeback win. Like, yeah, you gotta it, they're give credit making up narratives due. like they've completely made up narratives just to get mad at shit. Like when when they took the first two games from the Blue Jays, I was getting tweets from Yankee fans being like, I thought you said we couldn't beat good teams. I was like, what? no one ever said that. Nobody <laughs> said that. What are you talking about? You guys have a fucking 750 winning percentage. I'm sure at some point you beat good teams to get that record. Not one person has been like, damn, this Yankee team, what a bunch of frauds. <laughs> They're out there just fucking blowing people out 15 to 2 every single night, hitting six fucking home runs a game. They're sweeping it. They've had like three different winning streaks of at least eight games or nine games. Like they win every fucking game. And even the games that they lose, like tonight, they still scored nine fucking runs. 
There's no one sitting here. They're literally making up things to argue with the Red Sox fans about because they can't say it. Roles have reversed. Red Sox fans are like, listen, we just want to get in. We want to win the wild card. The Yankees have essentially already clinched the division and they can't stop thinking about the fourth place Red Sox. They fucking, they're beating the Blue Jays and they're like, oh, hey, Red Sox fans, thought you said we can't beat good teams. Nobody (laughs) said that. Nobody said that. You're going to be the first team to 50 wins. And the best part is all these Yankees fans sitting there like, oh, you know, look at us. We're so much better. Half you people didn't even believe in this team. You wanted Brian Cashman fired over the winner. You were laughing at him. You were laughing at Isaiah Kiner for Leffa. Stop talking. You were laughing at Josh Donaldson. And now that everything, hey, credit to you. It's come together. Your team looks great. No one's denying that. You're going to sit here and act like this is like it's been the writing on the wall. Like everyone knew this all along. You people are just as shocked as anybody. This season has gone the way it's gone. And don't play it any other way. Um, Yeah. once again, celebrate your championship in June. <laughs> That's those what they're ex- doing. Because when those expectations come, it's championship or bust. And oh, they'll say it's that way every year. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Watch what happens if you fail this year. Mm-hmm. Aaron, Judge, or Aaron Judge's contract's expiring. This is your moment. If you, you've missed your moment for a couple of years now, this yeah. is it. If you can't come through now, ooh. Oh, and that's what thought- I've been saying. Like, I- I've been saying all along. This year, I would rather be the Red Sox than the Yankees because yes. the Red Sox, could they win the World Series this year? Yeah, especially if you make a couple of moves here at the deadline to, to bolster some of your weaknesses. They already have arguably the best or undeniably one of the best offenses in Major League Baseball. I love the defense up the middle. Sure, you could, you could maybe add an outfielder to, for uh, defensive purposes. Maybe have an outfielder that that actually plays outfield. I know the Red Sox have just been rolling infielders out there since last year. Uh, Your starting rotation has been one of the better in baseball, and you don't even have Chris Sale, James Paxson, or any of these minor league arms really playing right. a major so you're role. You're getting yet. reinforcements there, and then the back end of the bullpen, you can make some moves here. But the Red Sox have a good enough team to get into the playoffs. And if moves are made, guys come back and get healthy. They have a good enough team to maybe get hot and win a fucking World Series. And it would be the greatest thing because no one's expecting it. The Yankees, they have to win the World Series this year. You have to. The way that they've played this year, just absolutely throttling everyone in their path. If they don't win the World Series, it will be a failure. If the Red Sox do what they did last year, it's like, yeah, I mean, we got fucking two games away from the World Series. Like, that's great. No one is sitting here if the Red Sox don't win the World Series this year being like, fire Blue. I'm sure some idiots will do that. But like Matt McCarthy, realistically, Matt McCarthy wants him fired right now. Fraud. He wants him fired right now, which is absolutely insane. But that's that's the mindset is they're good enough and they will get better. They will make improvements. They will get reinforcements and they can make additions at the trade deadline. Whereas the Yankees, if they don't win the World Series this year, Complete and utter failure, complete frauds. You're on pace to win 120 regular season baseball games. You're going to shatter the regular season record for wins in a season and then not win a championship? Frauds. Absolute frauds. No one's saying that about the Red Sox if they don't win a World Series this year, which they are, in fact, capable of doing. This is not a punt season like that dude who, shout out to him, he still, still listens to every single episode, but he hates the team. He fucking thinks every year is a bridge year. Every season's a failure. 
Uh, the sky's falling if they lose back-to-back games. He still listens to every single pod. That guy probably still thinks that this team can lose 100 games this season. But, I mean, Jesus Christ, just enjoy the ride. And we've, we've also mentioned this before. July is going to be a motherfucker. That, that schedule in the month of July is uh, a, a true test. But on a smaller scale, you look at this series with the Cardinals and, uh, you know, those games, yes, they got blown out on Saturday, but Friday and Sunday, they were a lot closer than they needed to be because, you know, you have a five run lead in the ninth inning. You think you can throw fucking dipshit Danish out there and he gives up a four spot and you got to bring in how like that's just not not necessary. It, even on Saturday, like no disrespect to Cutter Crawford, the guy's not a big league starter. It, it was nice what he did in Seattle. There's a reason we were as, surpri- as surprised as we were. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to have Cutter Crawford starting games for you down the stretch. And if if that's happening, things have gone very wrong. Um, so, you know, you kind of I think game two, they looked at it and said, let's just see what happens. You know what I mean? If we're in it, great. If not. And he kept you somewhat in it. You know, it was four runs, whatever it was. Hansel Robles. Yikes. Uh looking very bad velocities down and Hirokazu Sawamura today might be the last day we can say he's still on this roster uh, with, you know, them having to cut a pitcher down, but yeah, like you said, Friday and Sunday, a lot closer games than a lot of, a lot of people want to give credit to them for Michael Waka. He went head to head with Adam Wainwright, the guy he who he was basically when he came up through the minor leagues was supposed to, you know, take the, you know, his mantle step forward and be, you know, the next Adam Wainwright in St. Louis, obviously things didn't play out that way, but Michael Walker not giving up. And you see guys, what I loved about this series, the different people that stepped up Trevor story, the last game, Homer, big uh, two RBI single in the first game defensively. Ooh, that, this was as good of a defensive series as I've seen from a player in a long time. And that, could have gone horribly for Alex Cora and old takes exposed Alex Cora before the series says he's the best defensive second baseman in baseball. And then Trevor story goes out there and says, yup, actually I am. You are correct, sir. I like I'm sitting there and I'm watching and I don't say this lightly. Dustin Pedroia is my favorite player of all time mm. in flashbacks that jump, those jump throws and stuff yeah. like that. Like mm-hmm. they scream Dustin Pedroia and mm-hmm. You know, just for those people out there, you want to know how good Trevor Story has been this year? He leads all second baseman in defensive run saves at seven. <clears throat> He's tied with Glaber Torres. I hate to say it. Whatever, Glaber Torres. Yep. Doesn't count. Sorry. Um, Trevor Story has more innings, by the way, almost 100 more innings. Uh, and at 95th percentile, outs above average. Look at that. What you're seeing out there is legit. Xander Bogart's defense has gotten better this year because he can position himself in different spots. You know why? Because Trevor Story can go three feet to the right of the bag and make throws without a problem. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you should keep that tandem up the middle together. Yeah. Can we please do that? And I, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to read too much into it, but it looks like Trevor Story's having some fun out there with Xander Bogart. Yeah. Wouldn't They're you? hugging each other. They're stopping yeah. each other when momentum gets a little crazy. It's a little flirty. Like, yeah. I'm getting excited. Are they going to kiss? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I need. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I think we're going to get to a point where it's a foregone conclusion that Xander Bogart's is staying. They're going to look at this and be like, hey, Trevor Story? That's a pretty damn, you're talking about the best 
second baseman in baseball. And then you have a sturdy ass, one of the most elite hitters in major league baseball at a premier uh, position and shortstop. You keep those guys together and then you keep fucking Rafi over there on the third base side. I love that. And it, we're going to get more into that as the season goes on, but the more that the season does go on, the more I think like you got it. Like there's, it, it almost becomes inevitable and I hate to use that word, but it just feels to me like the Red Sox can't be that stupid. They can't be that naive. They can't, they can't think that they're the smartest people in the room by being like, well, well, the numbers say that, it, you know, this didn't decline. And no, no, give the man his money. Keep that left field, that left side of the infield intact. Um, but we'll see. That's a, that's a bridge to cross on another day. But uh, the walk of performance outdoing Wainwright, I feel like that was uh, whenever we do series reviews that the performer on that Friday night game kind of just gets lost in the shuffle because it seems like 10 years ago. But Waka still outstanding. Um the the Saturday game was just a complete throwaway. Just a complete throwaway. Unless <clears throat> unless uh we get to my rant. The oh, thing so it pissed t- me off. On Saturday, so this is when it took place. The thing that pissed me off in this series took place on Saturday. Um the Red Sox are getting their fucking doors blown off by the St. Louis Cardinals. And here comes fucking (laughs) Neil Diamond and his fucking cast of characters. And they're like, come on, everybody, get up and fucking sing. I know. First of all, no, I'm sure Neil Diamond, great guy, whatever. Like, it's cool. You wrote a really good song and they sing it every fucking game at one of the most iconic sports venues ever built. That's cool. Like Neil Diamond, I want to say that first game after the bombing, it might've been that he came back and and did sweet Caroline. He was like standing like up like the first baseline or something. And now he's got something to promote. And I know that the Red Sox can't just like have Neil Diamond sitting in the cut waiting for the Red Sox to have a lead in the eighth before they bring him out to sing the fucking song. But Oh man, the, I hate, I hate seeing people happy when I'm angry. That is one that drives me. Like when I'm already pissed off, if I see a smiling face, now my level of being pissed off is times a million. And you've got these fucking people that are up there while they're singing sweet Caroline, that are like smiling and dancing and they're trying to get the crowd into it. It's like, dude, the Red Sox are down by fucking nine runs. Shut the fuck up, unplug the microphone and get the fuck out of my ballpark. Get the fuck out of here. It's insane. And like you have to have some feel like have some feel. Be like, I'm sorry, Neil Diamond, but we can't send you out there right now. We're getting our fucking asses beat. And there are a lot of St. Louis Cardinals fans here. They're having a great time. Like we're not like this is a bad look. This is a bad look, Mr. Diamond. Same thing with, um, you know, before the the ALCS. What was his name? Callum Callum. Scott. Yeah, another bad, just bad. It, it didn't work. The timing just did not work. Well, they brought him there and he was going to perform dancing on my own before the game. And then the Red Sox shut it down. They're like, absolutely not. Like, that's like our like victory song. And then like, I mean, the victory song is dirty water like that. You know, the dancing on my own was 
Ploiecki's walk-up song that became like a, a theme of the year. But I honestly, looking back on it now, I disagree with the team's decision to pull the plug on performing dancing on my own before the game, because we have seen live performances before. Like, I want to say the Standells performed dirty water before game one of the 2004 world series. Like it's happened before. It's just like pre-social media, like the dropkick Murphy's performed like in 07, I think they did like shipping up to Boston. Like there's it, there's been examples of it happening before, but I think it's more just like with social media, no one wants to get old takes exposed. No. So when it was supposed to be game four, right. With Callum Scott, wasn't that when yes. he was supposed yeah, to yeah. perform? Yeah. See, I, I didn't like that. I felt like that was jinxy. I I'm one of those people. I, I don't like to take those chances, especially when that song, like the first thing, when you think of dancing on my own is them going nuts in the clubhouse. Like mm-hmm. those crazy bottle popping videos. I don't like any of that. Neil Diamond, I'm sorry. You got to go home. I, I'm not trying to be mean. Yeah. Got to go so home. I've, I've had this conversation with, let's say, high ranking Red Sox executives in the past uh, about Sweet Caroline because <clears throat> I it's, it's nothing against Neil Diamond. It's nothing against the song. I just fucking hate when they play the song when the Red Sox are losing, especially when they're getting blown out. I don't want to sing. Even when they're winning, I don't sing, but I don't want to see other people singing when the Red Sox are losing. Uh, But the response that I got was, well, why do you think we play it every single game? And I was like, because you guys turn the ballpark into a fucking circus act where people it's an attraction it's a touristy thing i get it people want to like if if this is their first time at fenway ever they want to come and they want to hear sweet caroline they want to sing sweet caroline at fenway it's a bucket list thing for people out of town i get it but at the same time i don't because at the celtics games gino celtics have to have a big lead in the fourth you're pulling starters Game's over. Gino time. That's Josie. great. Look at Josie. Josie. Yep. And then the Red Sox are like, well, we got to do Sweet Caroline because you never know if it's someone's first time at Fenway. Fuck you then. If it's your first time at Fenway and you're only going to come once, you're not a real Red Sox fan. And if you're they're losing go to Fenway once in your life, come back. Yeah. And if they're losing the one time you come, get the fuck out. Don't come yeah. back. Like, yeah. shit's not going well, obviously, with you here. Right. Like I think, yeah, you just, you can't, you can't have everyone stand up and sing good times. Never seem so good. So good. So good. When it's 11 to two you and you're losing, you can't do it. But I mean, it's not a hill that I'm prepared to die on. I know that like, it's, it's very split amongst Red Sox fans, how people feel about the song. I've said this before. I'm not like, I'm not super passionate about it, but I do become visibly irritated when the Red Sox are losing. Cause it's not like it's the middle of the fifth. It's like, all right, yeah, fine. Like the Red Sox are losing seven to one. It's the middle of the fifth. Yeah. There's, there's still time to like chip away at this thing. If you're getting smoked in the middle of the eighth, guess what? It's probably over. And it good times are not happening right now. It's not so good. So good. 
and it's probably not going to be so good if the Red Sox lose this game and I'm just going to be pissed off for the rest of the night. So yeah, I, I just, I can't, I can't with the fucking sweet Caroline in a, in a blowout. And I know that they're never going to change because that's, that's the Red Sox MO. They, uh, they're always right. And you can't, you can't like come at them with logic or reason. It's like, well, you know, what if it's someone's first game? It's like, all right. I mean, if it's someone's first game, then they'll probably come back if they're a real fan. And if it's just a tourist thing that it's like, all right, well, sorry, you, you know, you missed it is, it is what it is. Tough luck. It, it's Life. stuff like this is one of the reasons I'm not at Fenway all the time that the wave I don't want to do the wave. I don't want to do the wave at any point in the game, especially late in the game. The Yankees suck chance when it's an eight run game and the Red Sox are down eight to nine runs and they're playing Tampa. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I don't. It pisses me off when I'm watching Red Sox games. And as you can see from my Twitter feed, I'm walking a thin line here. I'm obviously not mentally stable when these games are on. Mm-hmm. When things are going wrong, I'm barely hanging on. I like I'm walking. I have this like 20 foot cord that I have for my phone. I just walk around my room. I, I just walk. I can't help it. I'm a nervous wreck during these games. The last thing I need, sweet Caroline bumping behind me. This person next to me is trying to start the wave, failing multiple times, finally getting it going and having the time of their life. I don't want any of it. I need to sweat this game out. I need to know what my mood is going to be for the next 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Like this, for you, this is a tourist attraction. For me, this is my mental health. Yeah, this is my life. This is and, it. And I've I've been to Wrigley once and I went there and I was like, It'd be really cool to see them sing Go Cubs Go. But guess what? You got to fucking win to get Go Cubs Go to see all the W flags. Pretty sure they don't hold up the W flags after an L. So if like I was a tourist, I was from out of town. I wanted to see it. If the Cubs lost, it's like, well, damn. You know, fuck. Now I got to come back. It's more reason to come back. More tickets. I want to sing Go Cubs Go. I want to see the W flags. We got to do something about Sweet Caroline. We got to do something about it. Please. I'm I'm not even proposing. I'm not even proposing that it's like a Geno where they have to be up big. Like, you know, game is in the bag because things can flip. In, in, in the later innings, the eighth and the ninth, you know, teams can score fucking. I mean, the, the Astros, they scored like seven runs in the fucking ninth inning in the playoffs or whatever. This series uh, alone, those ninth innings getting yeah. that close when you're up five runs. I think it should be like within three because the other thing, too, about Sweet Caroline, I will say this. I've been to games where it's like the Red Sox are losing let's say three to nothing. They haven't done a fucking thing all night offensively. And then sweet Caroline is in the middle of the eighth and you've got two, three, four coming up in the bottom half. The crowd sings sweet Caroline. And then after they cut the music, it's, they just start roaring like the, because they got up and they had a reason to sing and yada, yada. Now the crowd's hot. So when that number two hitters come into the plate, the crowd's rocking. Now they get an adrenaline rush, bam, double in the gap. Now you get the fucking lead guy. And like that, something like that can happen. So I'm not saying sweet Caroline, uh, only when you're up big, like, like it's Gino, <laughs> but if you're getting smoked, please. Like if the game is still within reach, fine. Sweet Caroline. 
But when it is goddamn 11 to 2, spare me the so good, so good. Just read the room. That's all we're asking. That's it. Read the room. Read the room. Um, Also, (laughs) read the promo code for Freshly, which is uh, freshly.com slash Boston. And Freshly, that's that's food that's fast. It doesn't have to be fast food. Freshly offers quality meals without the hard work. Their meals are designed by nutritionists, cooked by chefs, then delivered fresh. Other meal deliveries need to be prepped and cooked, but Freshly, it's ready to eat in three minutes. No one wants to spend an hour cooking dinner after a rough day at work or an infuriating commute. At the end of a long day, doesn't uh, uh, takeout doesn't have to be your only option for an easy dinner. Whether it's for you or your whole family, Freshly gives you convenience, flavor, and nutrition. Get delicious, chef-made, nutrient-packed meals delivered straight to your door. No cooking required. I actually just saw Jake. He like ran off the screen because I think his Freshly was done in three minutes. Right, Jake? Yeah, it came in early tonight. It was like two, so I had to go grab that. Jeez. It's fucking fresh and never frozen ready to heat and enjoy in just three minutes. Apparently sometimes you can get it even quicker than that. Jake fucking loves freshly use the freshly website or app to find meals that fit your lifestyle with plans that work for your dietary needs, preferences, taste, and family size. Choose from over 50 nutritionist design entrees like their classic steak, peppercorn, multi-serve sides like their masterful mac and cheese or their new line of plant-based meals. Skip the grocery shopping and the dirty dishes. Your meals arrive cooked and fresh every single week and new meals are added weekly. So you're never stuck eating the same thing over and over. Stop stressing about dinner right now. Freshly is offering our listeners $125 off your first five orders. When you go to freshly.com slash Boston, that is $125 off at freshly.com slash Boston. Um, were there any other thoughts on this series before we uh, jumped into a Clark's Ketchup Series MVP? By the way, I wanted to give a quick shout out to, I want to get the Reddit user's name right, but he or she, I believe it's a he, compiled all of the Clark's Ketchup Series MVP winners. And we've got a situation on our hands right now where Kike is the all-time leader in Clark's Ketchup MVPs but there is a three-way tie with three. So it is, oh man, Reddit user AJM, best in the world, I'm assuming B-I-T-W, 95. Uh, So Clark's Ketchup Series MVPs, all time. This is all time. For members not on the team anymore, Travis Shaw had one. Kyle from Waltham had two. Hunter Renfro had two. All time. Christian Vasquez has one story, one. Pavetta, one. Avaldi, one. Verdugo, one. Bob, one. Now we get to the three way tie. JD, Devers, Bogarts all have three. And then the ketchup king is Kike with four. And they were pretty much like, it was either four straight or four out of five that he won. So, all right. Um, are there any early thoughts before I take a peek at these numbers? Who I am leaning towards? Is that mm-hmm. what you're looking for? Mm-hmm. Uh, I sat here and I battled because I really do not think there is a standout 
here. You know, I think we've had a couple names that easily rise to the surface, but uh, I think my main two were Trevor Story and Nick Pavetta. Mm. Man, looking at the numbers here. I mean, there was someone, this, this happened last series too, where the numbers were there, but the, the moments, I guess, weren't. But <clears throat> Bobby Dahlbeck hit 375 in this series, played in all three games, 944 OPS. He had what? The first RBI on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That no one will remember. So impact matters. Uh, Devers hit 333. Everyone beyond that hit below 300. Trevor Story hit 273 with an 879 OPS. But right at the top of the list, my friends, Xander Bogarts hit 455. Wow. With a 1045 OPS in this series. He certainly did. <clears throat> Bogarts uh, in game one, the game one victory, three for four. In the loss, two for four. Over today? And then in the finale, went over three with a walk. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm looking at Trevor's story. Bob had a I hit in every game. So did Trevor Story. Trevor Story had two of the bigger hits in this series. He did hit a homer. Two RBIs in that first game. I'll I'll even throw out uh, Christian Vasquez for consideration because if he doesn't hit that three-run homer, granted, you probably don't see Danish in the ninth. So it's like, yes, they ultimately needed the, the three runs that scored on that homer. But if you didn't have the three run homer and it was instead a three to what one game, you probably just see how to start the inning. And you ultimately needed how anyway. Where are you at, Jared? <sighs> um. It's tough. It's tough. Because uh, like the like Bob knocking in that, by the way, Bob wanted nothing to do with that interview on Saturday. You could just tell he was mic'd up and he was like, God damn it. Why are they talking to me while I'm trying to play baseball? Um, Anytime a Red Sox player is mic'd up, something bad's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That was the dead center tank inning. Yep, and then Kike back in New York earlier in the season. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I think we got to call Coley. I don't think that's a bad idea. Can Before we do, can we see where Jake's at? Jake, where are you at on this? I mean, again, when I'm drizzling that catch up, yeah. I'm, looking, I'm looking at the big moments more than I'm looking at the overall stats. Right. And... That two-run single by Story and the home run to go up 1-0 today to set the tone, those were some big moments. And you couple that with the defense, I- I'm on Story. Please help us, Coley. Let's see what Coley has to say. I got to add Coley to my uh, 
my favorites and my contacts. Surprise he isn't already. Well, I would say uh, 90% of my contacts favorites are um, uh, food establishments in Saugus. So let's get Coley on the horn here. 11 p.m. on a, what's today, Sunday night? Oh, he's up. He's always up. I bet he answers quicker than Jake. Surprised he hasn't answered already. He has a newborn, so maybe he's like trying to sleep, but. Don't be selfish. Good point. He has to know. Maybe he's working on making a new baby. Mm. He didn't answer. Wow. He didn't answer. I'm hurt. He should know our recording schedule at this point. He'll, he'll call back. He texted me not that long ago. Okay, so he's up. He's busy. And he fucking better be. He fucking better be busy. Um, you look very like hurt, almost lost, like you weren't expecting this. <laughs> I don't know what to do now. Are you betrayed? I'm not betrayed. Like I'm going to give him the out that it's like father's day slash. He has a newborn. So maybe he's changing a diaper or maybe he hasn't gotten much sleep recently. So he, maybe he's like, Oh man, this is my night to go to sleep early, but you don't fucking go to sleep before we get a Clark's ketchup MVP pick. You got to be better than that. This isn't 162 guy behavior. Right. Yeah, it's 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 inexcusable is what it is. Continue. I I don't want to I don't want to tear too much into him right now. But what a horseshit performance from Coley this week. Fatherhood changes people. It does. Some for the worst. What number child is this? Two. I've heard some things about the second child. Yeah, the terrible twos. I think that's about the age, but I, it no. could also be about the second kid, too. Yeah, I think it's, I've heard more about the second kid, not the yeah. age thing. I think that's old school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fucking bullshit is what it is. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's working on a third right now. Could be. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. He is, he, he do be fertile. Hmm. What about... Does Nick Pavetta not get any consideration here? I think he does. I think he I, does. I thought what he did today for where the bullpen was at meant a lot. Yep. Yesterday, I, continue. I was, I was saying, like, I would if you if you're gonna give consideration to Christian Vasquez, you most certainly have to give consideration to Nick Pavetta because if it's if it's one moment, and and usually I think the moments or performances in the finales are weighted just a little bit more heavily. If you are one, one coming into a rubber match, because if you lose that game on Sunday, 
you lose the series. It's a completely different tone. And now you're talking about, Oh, you finally faced the first place team and look what happened. You guys lost. So winning on Sunday meant a lot. Um, and, and I think 30 of your next 39 games are against teams that are above 500. 30 out of 39. Yep. Hmm. It's all right. The fucking Red Sox are above 500 too. 100%. And I think Trevor Story is waking up. I did want to say, I know the overall stats, they look fine for the series. They're nothing that like jump off the screen at you. Him going the opposite way, huge. Yeah. He hasn't done that at all since he got here. Not even a little bit. He had it like that. And he got robbed of a hit out there the other day. The single, the homer, hitting a ball into those bullpens is nothing to like laugh at or not see as something serious. Not many right-handed hitters can do that at Fenway Park. No, I actually like it's JD does it with regularity. Bogarts can. Bogarts can, but you don't see it a ton. Like Manny used to do that all the time. Speaking of Manny. He used to do that a lot. As far as righties go, I mean, with regularity, you don't you don't see it often. No, I, I think Bogart's even like squared up a baseball the other day. It still like hit the bottom of the fence, and it looked like he hit the absolute shit out of that ball. Yeah, I think like Mookie. There was something about Mookie where he like had one opposite field home run in like his career or something like that. It's it's not an easy thing to do. You have to have one of those special swings. Yeah, my swing was special. Still is. I could picture you going oppo at Fenway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could. I, I appreciate my, my you. My hands are too fast. Yes, and I appreciate you not commenting on how many homers you hit during that BP session. Yeah, I mean, if you really want to know, it was 14. Wow. Is it yeah. on 14 pitches? No, no, no. It was, uh, it was on 15 pitches, but I, I watched the first one. Just get a... I was tracking it. I kind of set you up there to take extra credit and you, you didn't even try to. Yeah, no. No, it was just 14. Respect. Thank you. You're not okay right now. You're I mean, in a dark the fact place. that Coley didn't answer is, I mean, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm trying to, I'm honestly trying to, uh, like, delay so that just in case he calls back, I can't, I don't know. Like, I don't have, I, I have not come to a conclusion on a vote right now. Can I tell you something that might make you smile? Sure. <laughs> According to Fangraphs playoff odds, the Red Sox have a 61.3% chance to make the playoffs. The Rays are at 56.3% now. Ooh. Does this help? Do you feel better? Yeah. I just was checking them earlier today or right after the game, of course. Huh? Momentum. What is it about the Rays that the geeks don't like this time around? They're just not healthy. Pitching-wise, they're not healthy. Brandon Lau's been hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. Wander Franco still, you know, Chris Sale's about to face him tomorrow in the Florida Complex League. Yeah. They're just not... They haven't had the same fines this year. Overall, pitching isn't as deep as it has been. Injuries pile up. It happens quickly. Damn. It feels like the Red Sox are trending in the right direction and the Rays are coming down. Yeah, and it feels like the fucking Guardians need to chill the fuck out. Is what Annoying. it feel like. It, they just won't stop. It, it, and, you know, you think you go to L.A. They even play Jose Ramirez today. He's been out with a thumb problem. 
Yeah, they they keep winning. So right now, the Tampa Bay Rays and the Cleveland Guardians are tied. So you have the Blue Jays have a two-game lead on the Guardians and the Rays who have a half-game lead on the Red Sox. But all that means is that uh, you have two chances to pass someone. It tells me you can get in a series with any of these teams and immediately take the top wild card spot. If you can take care of business all the way through. Oh, mark my words. The Red Sox are finishing the 2022 season as the top wild card team. Ooh. Yeah. They just saw that. That's a, that's a formality. The Red Sox will finish the 2022 baseball season as the, not just a wild card spot, the top wild card spot. Will it be all AL East teams? The AL East is the only division in baseball with five 30 game winners at the moment. You know what, Tyler? You know what I'm going to say as a response to that question? Speak to me. Ask me that question after the trade deadline. Okay. I think that's a fair place to be where we can finalize things a little bit more. We'll yeah. know where Chris Sale is at at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll know what the Indian or excuse me, the guardians think of their team. Are they buyers? Are they sellers? Let's be real. Are they're they not buying hat? shit? No, they're, they, I guess not. I don't know. But, you know, maybe see. something small. But that's where the Red Sox should flex. Yeah. I, I can tell you. I can tell you that the Red Sox are going to be the top wildcard team. But for Tampa and Cleveland. Let me know what they do at the deadline. And then I'll tell you if we're going to have a four AL East team postseason. I'll tell you that day. Fair game. Right. Yeah. yeah. Are we going to try one more call? I feel like he'd call me back. What time did he fucking text me at? He texted me. It was about Big Joe Davis, obviously. Of course. He called me at nine. <laughs> All right. So he it's been called, about two. He called me. Or no, he texted me at nine. And he sent me a picture from Big Joe Davis's Instagram because it was Father's Day. And Big Joe Davis posted a picture with uh, his family. There's three other gentlemen in this photo, and they're all massive human beings. And he said, Big Joe Davis is the smallest guy in his family. Iconic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If your name is Big Joe Davis and you're the smallest guy in your family, you got a big family, dude. We know he's built different. Mr. Six feet, 300 pounds, or excuse me, 230 pounds. Joe Davis is the definition of built different. Um, all right. So I guess it's a three man vote. Jake. I got Trevor. Trevor story. Tyler. I will also say Trevor's story. Wow. So it doesn't fucking matter. You're what a pi- I no, think. We care what you have to say. Do you it does not fucking matter? It doesn't matter. Jared, as my someone- opinion means nothing. 
you know, it means something to us. As you know, Coley better than anyone. I do. What would Coley say? Can you give your pick and what you think Coley would pick? Oh, man. Um, I know Coley's mind is it's special. Like, there's not many people who can reach that level of thinking. Yeah, there's no, there's no telling who Coley would pick. Like, he would pick, like, Ref Snyder for some reason. I don't, I, shout out Rob Ref Snyder for another big hit. Yeah. Like, he, he knocked in a run today. Made it, what, uh, three run before the Christian Vasquez blast? Maybe it's Jackie. Two big RBIs. Could you say John Schreiber? You could say Schreiber. Gave you what an inning and a third on uh on you know Friday. on Friday. Inning and a third on Friday, another inning, struck out the side in the eighth on Sunday. I guess Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Hansel Robles, I'll tell you that right now. You don't want to say Trevor Story. <laughs> I can see it, it on. I can see it on your face. Is that what it is, Jake? Do you see what I'm seeing? I feel like he doesn't want to pick Trevor. What did Trevor do to you? It's not that I don't want to pick Trevor's Story. I'm just trying to do a thorough job of making sure that everyone's contributions are accurately highlighted and fairly discussed. I don't want to just jump to the obvious one when it's like, oh yeah, but so-and-so like Schreiber's not a bad pick. It's not a bad pick. I, I um, wouldn't pick Tanner Houck personally, but he did stop the house from burning down two different times. Yeah, I actually got pissed when I saw him warming up on Sunday. I was like, really? It's fucking six to one. And the next thing you know, you need Houck. It's just tough because you look at like Tyler Danish had a three year going into today. Austin uh, Davis was like a 160. Yeah. And both of their ERAs got absolutely destroyed. Yeah. Like what's Austin Davis now? I think he's still, it's right around. Is it below three? Danish is at over four now. I know that for sure. 249. Danish is a four. Man. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to throw a vote to Nick Pavetta. That's fair. Yeah. I'm going to throw a vote to Nick Pavetta just because again, I'm putting a lot of emphasis on that final game. First place team series is tied going into the last game. You get Nick Pavetta going out there, seven innings, one earned 10 strikeouts. That sets the tone. I'm going to throw a ketchup packet to Vasquez a catch-up packet to uh, Hauk, two saves in the series. Um, uh, Bogarts, I mean, hitting over 500 again in another series. Bogarts Bob. gets a catch-up packet. Bob gets a catch-up packet. Um, but yeah, my vote would be Nick Pavetta because of his performance. And I don't want to say a must-win game, but it when you're on a streak like this of just simply winning series, I don't care about fucking winning streaks. I think winning streaks are for fucking losers, uh, but winning series, that's what it's all about. And that's what the Red Sox are doing. And you can make the case that the biggest reason why they were able to win the series 
just based on today was because of Nick Pavetta's performance. So that's why I am voting for Nick, Nick Pavetta, but congratulations, Trevor story, Clark's catch up series, MVP. He deserves it. He deserves it. I'm happy for him. I think we're about to get another Trevor story, hot streak. You think so? I'm feeling it. Him going the other way like that. Massive. That is a massive thing for him. And we, I feel like we were very thorough. A lot of people were saying they liked how we talked about Trevor story in, in the last podcast. They didn't, they felt like we were holding him accountable and being real honest about the concerns, but also not, you know, pretending like he hasn't been the player he's been throughout his entire career. So an adjustment like that, that's what you're looking for. Will it stick? Let's see. He's still swinging out of his shoes at some breaking balls. That's a problem. But progress for a guy who looked as cold as any hitter in baseball the last, you know, couple weeks or so. You see, is this as the Red Sox go or as Trevor Story goes, the Red Sox go? That's actually a good point. He has been uh, a little bit of a lightning rod um, for the Red Sox this year. When he's gotten hot, they have rolled. Um, so congratulations to Trevor Story. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's get a little stop and shop look ahead here. Unless there's any other thoughts on the series. I think that's all I got. But since May 13th, the Red Sox are 14 and 0 when Trevor Story records at least one RBI. Ooh. Shout out to Sox notes for that stat, by the way. Ooh, I like that stat. We talked about it. It's those secondary guys, the stories, the Verdugos, Kike when he's healthy, Vasquez. Mm-hmm. When those guys just give you something, this team goes from solid to dangerous real fast. Mm-hmm. All right, here come the fucking shitty ass Detroit Tigers. By the way, you want to talk about humble? The fact that I correctly predict that series, I never mentioned it. Thank you. Just want to throw that out there. I Sox also three. want to humbly say that Nolan Arenado home run off Michael Waka mm-hmm. nailed that. Mm-hmm. He loves hitting FNY. One of my favorite players in all of baseball. He's my favorite player. I respect it. Yeah. Have you modeled the swing after him at all or? Nah, he's more of like a, I don't know if he reminds me like Matt holiday a little bit. Not bad. Not bad comp. Yeah. I see a little Matt holiday in the swing. Um, a little, um, this, this name is going to go over everyone's head, but Dave Henderson, Hmm. little Hindu. I can see a little bit of it there. You can go back and watch some like 1986 Dave Henderson and then go side by side with Nolan Arenado. I can see a little comp. That's all just off the dome. I've, I've never like thought about this, but I think I need a series of you breaking down hitting mechanics. Yeah, I, I should as a hitting mechanics expert. I mean, Manny, everyone says like Manny had the greatest right-handed swing of all time. Like people do say that. And then everyone's like, look at, look at Jared. So that's Manny Ramirez. So do I have, do I have one of the greatest right-handed swings of all time? If that's, I think you'd be an idiot if you couldn't connect those dots. <laughs> you'd have to be fucking stupid. No offense, JD. I don't know what that <laughs> iPad is showing you. Stupid. Yeah. If if you, especially Evan Longoria, 
I mean, if you can't just outright look at that video and say that's Manny's swing, and then everyone's like, Manny Ramirez had the greatest right-handed swing ever, and my swing is, according to David Ortiz's ex-wife, a doppelganger, then I have the greatest right-handed swing of all time. Yeah, I don't want to accuse Evan Longoria of anything, but I know out there, a lot of people, brace yourself, they smoke marijuana mm. over there. Yep, they do. I don't know if he, you know, spoke some of this marijuana, snorted <laughs> it, injected it, whatever could have happened. It's a marijuana. And then he went on his phone. And yeah. it can mess with your vision sometimes. Mm-hmm. It does impair your vision. And he probably watched that video and yep. it just, he didn't see the way the rest of the world sees it. Right. That's actually a great point. Yeah, I think he just straight up mainlined some marijuana and that distorted his view on on my swing. If you need to talk to someone, Evan, we're here. <laughs> yeah, we can help him out. You know what? I, I, I mean, I'd love to get him on the podcast just to... I, I wouldn't even ask him about like the fucking game 162 home run or like, oh, I'm on the San Francisco Giants. Just, dude, break down my swing and don't be a bitch about it. Like, and how can we help you? Yeah, and how can we help you with your marijuana addiction? Allegedly. I just, I'd, I'd hate to see him go down a path like that. So. It's okay. Not everyone follows the same path as the guy who has the same swing as Manny Ramirez. <laughs> right. I mean, I've traditionally just stayed off the weed. That swing tells it all. Right. You think you have that swing and smoke weed? Right. Actually, funny story. Uh, this actually might be on Wikipedia. I could be wrong, but Manny's walk up song used to be that song. And I get that song. Mm-hmm. But like, for whatever reason, I think he only, I think he came up to the plate to it and they played the unedited version of the song. And over the PA, it was just like, Letting it rip. I, I want to see if I can find that. So would you in this world, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, if you had a walk-up song, mm-hmm. it, would you go with the same song or would you be looking for something a little different? Um, that's a good question. I don't know what my, oh, here it is. I'm concerned if you have the same swing and the same walk-up song, people are going to think Manny Ramirez is out there at all times. <laughs> all right. Here it is. Um, this is from, this is from the mercury I've never heard of this before, but here's the article. And uh, while with Boston in 2002, Outfielder Manny Ramirez asked the clubhouse employee to help him change his tune at the last second. His new song, the profanity-laced and drugged-themed Good Times, I Get High by Styles P, prompted the Red Sox to change their policy. No more spontaneous requests. Yeah. that's So I guess he asked to change it to that song at the last moment. And they weren't able to edit out the bad words and 
clearly no one was like, Hey Manny, you can't use a song that talks about getting high. And that's the chorus. Hmm. Don't agree with the rule, but I understand it. Yeah. But Manny definitely didn't get high. No, Mm -mm. not like Evan Longoria. (laughs) Allegedly. 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 Do you guys know Nick Pavetta's middle name? Um, is 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 it one of those things where like his middle name is is Nicholas and his real name's not Nick? No. Uh, what does it begin with? The J. Oh, it's something fucking weird because he's Canadian, right? Nicholas Giancarlo Pavetta. Ah, but it's with a J? Yeah. That's not right. I'm looking at it right now. Giancarlo with the J. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's what they were calling me at BP. Wow. Yeah. So they were also saying, now, was that just from a power standpoint? Like an exit velo thing, yeah. Oh, so they broke like, out the machines for you. Yeah, they're like, damn, Giancarlo with a J out there. Wow. Yeah. Maybe someday we'll do it again. Maybe someday we'll uh, we'll get a name redacted pod BP session there. When you guys see this swing, Ooh. It, it's very uh, Jason Veritek like that. That was who I based my mechanics off from the kid. right side or the left right side. So you're like high hands kind of then. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like my I, swing just like hmm. Are you one of those. So here's the thing about me. Uh. I can't sit still ever. So if I'm standing somewhere, like if, if I'm with my friends and we're just standing in a circle, having a conversation while I'm standing in the circle with them, I will like take 50 fucking fake imaginary bat swings. You can't even control it. Right. I do that every day. And I've done that my whole life. I will stand there. And especially if there's a mirror around, if there's a mirror around, I will throw 50 imaginary baseball pitches and I will take a hundred fake baseball swings a day. And I will even like, I'll do like the fake swing and I'll do also, I'll do a little step and I'll take a pitch. (laughs) And I do that every day. Some dry swings. Yeah. At 98.5, shout out Jim Louth. He has a huge memorabilia collection in his office. A lot of bats of former Red Sox. Mm -hmm. We go in there. Beetle will grab a couple of the bats. And during the breaks, that's what we'll do. We'll sit there. We'll show off our stances. Mm -hmm. Take a couple swings. We'll give some pointers. I We have a couple balls in the room we use. I am working on becoming a submarine pitcher. Ooh! At my age, at 24 years old, yeah. I know I'm not going to suddenly develop, you know, a 95 mile per hour fastball. But John Schreiber working from the side like he does. Mm-hmm. I've been messing with some stuff. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to see where it takes me. Like if I break out and I become Himes next find. Yep. I think it'd be good for the pod. So last Tuesday, I went into the DraftKings office, which is over by the finish line. And it was the second day, I want to say, that they 
kind of reopen the office. I mean, like the office was open, but like everyone had the option to like work from home, but now they're starting to bring more people back into the office and it's a huge office. It takes up a whole fucking block. I think it's the largest office space in the city of Boston. Holy shit. And I want to say employee wise, they've already outgrown it. So for how big of an office it is, they already need more space. So I'm walking around with Emerson and there's a lot of young people in there. There's a lot of like my age. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of like mid to early 20 somethings in there. And the first thought that comes to my head is we could have a fucking company wiffle ball tournament. Oh, oh, I'm like, I don't know what the level of enthusiasm is for wiffle ball in this office, but I'm seeing a lot of young people that I'm sure wouldn't mind at least taking a shot at the title. Like I'll dice your ass up and then I'll take you fucking 475 to left center. Um, I would love to have, and maybe we open it up to the listeners as well. I know we talked about this with Malcolm Gosling about doing a wiffle ball tournament uh, sponsored by Gosling's. If DraftKings wanted to do, I'm basically just looking for, for new victims is all like I, still have the itch to just fucking crank homers all the time. You want to put this Manny Ramirez swing into action. Like what am I doing sitting here? Just wasting it. Clearly it's still there. This feels like it could be a wiffle ball version of what Dodger films used to do. Did you ever watch his stuff back a couple of years ago? No, he used to do. So he was originally like an MLB, the show guy in okay. uh, way back before MLB stopped letting fans record like extensive video on the ballpark. He was a season ticket holder uh, out there and he'd record every single game. Like he went to, it was sick. It was like one of the cooler, by the way. Oh God. Um, I'll wrap it up from Coley. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. He said, my bad pal. I had a baby to deal with, which, okay. Okay. knew that the twos, my Clark's ketchup MVP would have been story. Let's go. Schreiber would have also received votes. There it is. Mm -hmm. I said, perfect story. One, I voted smooches. So there it is. Three to one. Trevor story. Quite a bounce back. Yeah, that's big time. Is that that his second? That is his second. Oh, obviously the fucking Seattle series. (laughs) took that thing over who who won the white Sox series or no the red Sox didn't win that series no they did win that series no they did win that series who did we give it to story did have two homers in that series jd probably i think he hit like 750 yeah but that was also before he had like the homers coming through The Clark's catch-up MVP for the White Sox series. I want to say it had to have been Julio. Like, that's when he was just, everything was falling in. It definitely wasn't a pitcher. Was that a, was that a three-game series? Yep. In Chicago. I think it was JD. Because he hit 692 in that series. There you go. So that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, JD in... 
in the first game, he had four hits. The second game, he had two hits. And then the third game, he had three hits. He had 692 with a 15, 34 OPS. <laughs> yeah, just a casual 692 for the series. Nothing too crazy. Yeah. Um, what were you saying? Pope? Yes. We could have, like they do, they film these videos of the listeners coming, the viewers, mm-hmm. some of their friends. Why couldn't we do something like that? We definitely could. I just, I want to be able to, uh, I don't want to like hurt the fans of the show. Like when you're just blowing heat by them and like taking them deep. Yeah. Like I'm remorseless when it comes to wiffle ball. So if, if you're like a huge fan of the show and then you show up and I just fucking gas you up. And then if you want to pitch against me too, and I just fucking smash a Homer off of you, like, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to let you win. And I'm certainly not going to not let you know that I just took your soul. Yeah. I'm the last person that you want to play with ball against Jared. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it was Alex Bregman, one of your victims. Yeah, he was. I put him in my back pocket. Uh, I, I recall that. And uh, it was, it was serious when it happened. Yeah. And just for the record, Alex Bregman finished second uh, in offensive war that year. So yeah. Can I, can I strike out the second best offensive player on the fucking planet? (laughs) Yeah. So I don't even know who was first. It was probably trout fucking punch him out too. sucks. Hey, if Pat light can do it, why can't you? Exactly. Yeah. If Pat Light can strike him out, then obviously I can too. But yeah, that is what it is. I'd love to have a, um, whatever the fuck this show is called, Wiffle Ball Tournament. It'd be nice. Once we get a name, we'll take that step. Mm-hmm. It's coming. Any updates? Yeah. <laughs> None that you want to share? That's the update is that uh, it's coming. Okay. Yeah. We won't be name redacted forever. One day. I mean, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe in like a few weeks. I don't know. Oh. Maybe a few weeks. Maybe wow. A few weeks. Yeah. Hmm. A few weeks. Yeah. yeah. I did see some people saying we should be uh, the 162 guys podcast. That was a thing in the uh, Reddit. I do like it. It's not Red Sox. Yeah, it's not Red enough. Sox. Yeah, that was my concern. Yeah, me too. Like that's that's a great baseball. Like if so, well, we we should still trademark it so we can sue some, the next like person that makes a baseball podcast that wants to use that. Um, yeah, we'll still make merch that says one sixty two guys and girls. But if anyone wants to use that as a podcast name, it's a great name. But we'll sue you for it. Sue the hell out of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll sue. It's a three-game series against the shitty-ass Detroit Tigers who you've already played, 2-1. and one. Can't believe they lost the game to this team. I really can't. That was the Javi Baez-Homer game, right? Yeah, off Brazier. That feels like last year at this point. In this series that begins tomorrow, Monday, Josh Winkowski versus Alex Fiedo. That's not a real person. That's not a real person. Rich Hill versus Bo Bryce Brysky, not a real person. 
Not a real person. And then in the finale, Michael Walker versus Tarek Skubal, who's having a good year. We'll get to that. Um, but the fact that they're two and one and they were a plus two run differential in that series, the Tigers offense is so fucking bad that you might be able to win this series by scoring eight total runs. The only thing, yeah, the only thing I'd be scared of Riley green just debuted out there in center field. Dude can rake serious threat should have made the opening day roster broke his foot, uh, was on base four times in his debut. (sighs) Scares me. He's the one guy. No offense to Miguel Cabrera at this point. Um, he's the one guy I'm looking at, and I feel like if there's a spark for this Tigers offense to get it going, it's him. Because Javier Baez is hitting below 200. I just counted, and there are seven, seven guys in the lineup on Sunday that hit around 200 or worse. That's bad. 125, 213, 194, 190, 206, 194, 222. That's impossibly bad. I believe they have the lowest weighted runs created plus in all of baseball, even worse than Oakland. Oakland's the second worst. And they fucking suck. Horrendous. The Detroit Tigers as a team this year are hitting 224. With a 604 OPS. That 604 OPS is tied with the Oakland A's for the worst OPS in the big leagues. This team fucking blows. They better not lose a game. They will, just because that's how baseball be going sometimes. They're 25 and 40 this year. What's that run differential look like? Oh. Jared, take a stab at it. Do you already know? Uh, I'm going to go negative 92. <laughs> it's negative 92. All right. I did. I, I kind of knew that off the top of my head. <laughs> I knew it was in the 90s. I couldn't remember exactly what it was. Negative 92. By the way, the Red Sox are plus 47, which is the third best in the American League. I actually have it right in front of me. Potentially. Third best in the AL, seventh best in all of baseball. Plus 47. Third best in the American League. Astros at plus 53. And then the Yankees at plus 143, which is just stupid. Like, we get it, dude. You guys smoke. Anyways, the Detroit Tigers, Alex Fiedo. He's a righty rookie. So his ERA is 4.28 with a 4.42 FIP. So he's just eh. A 1.40 WHIP. That's not great either. 7.4 strikeouts per nine. That's not impressive. Um, before his last start, so he's not really as bad as those numbers look or appear on the surface. Before his last start, uh, he had not allowed more than two earned runs in any outing this year. But his last start, he got throat fucked by the Chicago White Sox. So he went three innings, nine hits, seven earned, five strikeouts. He gave up two bombs and took an L. 
Um, but until his last start, he had completed five innings or more in every single game. So his ERA jumped from 292 to 428. And his FIP went from 392 to 441. So he actually has not been that bad. It's one bad start that kind of just made everything appear much worse. Uh, in eight starts, his average run support is 2.15. Not great. He only throws a four seam, a slider, and a change. Uh, his four seam gets eaten alive, 316 batting average against, 595 slug. Uh, it's only about, call it 94. Slider's his best pitch. Tigers are four and four in his starts. Obviously, has never faced the Red Sox. Then you got Bo, is it Bryski? The other way. Bryski. Bree, Bria, Bryask, Bryask. Bryask? Brisky. Brisky. Like that. There you go. Bo Brisky. Underrated. He is underrated. One and five, 379 ERA, a 121 whip. He doesn't strike out anyone, it appears. 6.1 strikeouts per nine. He's another rookie righty. Uh, the FIP in this case does not match the ERA five fifty seven. So, uh, Mr. Regression is coming to knocking brisky. Yes. Brisky. He came into June with a five fifteen ERA. Uh, but this month, 18 and two thirds innings, only two earned runs allowed 15 strikeouts. And this came against uh, some pretty good offenses here. The Yankees, the Blue Jays, and the Rangers. He gets basically two and a half runs of support in 10 games. Um, And when he gives up home runs, they do come in bunches. He's given up 12 total, uh, only given up home runs in six games. That's two per nine innings, though. And I think Fajardo was uh, 1.4. So if you're looking for the Red Sox to hit some homers, this is the time. Yep. He gave up three home runs once, two home runs four times, and one home run once. Hmm. Um, yeah. So he's not, he's not that great, and he's definitely susceptible to some homers. The Tigers are three and seven when he pitches, one and two in his last three, and he also did not face the Red Sox in that first series. Um, then we've got Scooble, five and four, three thirteen ERA, a one hundred eight WHIP, and a nine point five strikeouts per nine. Um, looked like he was off to a Cy Young contender start, but he's since allowed twelve earned runs in his last three starts, which is sixteen innings. He's allowed a home run in each of the last three starts after only allowing two the whole season before that. Uh, he has 13 starts and is not allowed to run in six of them. And the other seven, he's allowed 26. He's another give up runs in bunches guy. Uh, he's only not made it through five innings twice this year. His FIP is 250. So... Not true. He's been uh, he's been better than the uh, what it looks like on the surface. 
The Tigers have not scored a run in his last two starts. He gets about three and a half runs in support. He uses a slider more than any other pitch, about 31%. Only allowed one home run off the slider this year, 229 batting average against. Fastballs around 94, sinkers around 95. His changeup, his changeup's fucking dirt. 52.2% whiff rate on the change. But he only throws it to righties. 167 of his 169 changeups have been to righties. So that changeup be coming to them righties. The Tigers are seven and six in his starts. Uh, you got Verdugo is two for two with the double lefty on lefty too. Yeah. 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 Javi Baez has a five thirty eight OPS. Their team leader has five home runs. Like Tyler said, Riley green is up. Excited about that. All right. Um, there's only one way to predict this. There's no, well, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. And there's no better way to start than with Jake. If they don't sweep, I'm going to punch someone in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Tyler, you have a, you have a yeah. do you feel a certain type of way about this series? Yeah, you should sweep. Uh, Continue this run. You got an off day coming up before things get real wait, crazy. Wait, wait. You said they should sweep. I need they should. Uh, they will sweep. Okay. Thank you. Uh, and if they don't, I'll join Jake in jumping a random person and punching them in the face. Okay. Man. Um, yeah. This team fucking blows. Uh, the Red Sox are, are sweeping this one. We have three sweeps across the board. This is, I'm looking uh, for some 10, 12 run games here. Yeah. Like give me a beat down. Let me, you know what? I don't even really care if they score a ton of runs. Just I, I want, I want to limit the tigers to three runs or fewer in every single game. No ninth innings where you give up four runs or three runs and have to sweat. None of that. None of that. So, yeah, that's where I want the Red Sox to be is an average of two and a half runs allowed per game. Can we do that? That'd be great. And then the offense will take care of business. Um, Jake's takes. Jake's takes. How do, how, where are we at right now on this team? I know that uh, it, it must be difficult for you in terms of like the ice baths and things of that nature. By the way, June 28th is next week. It is a week from this upcoming Tuesday. Uh, we will actually, I don't know what your availability is, but I mean, it's a Tuesday, so we're probably going to be, or we're definitely going to be streaming. I don't know if you would like to join us, Tyler, uh, but I think it would be, it'd be nice if, um, if you were in the house for that, it's up to you. I know that you have a busy schedule. I'm not trying to make you sleep in your car again. Um, no. So this is where things get interesting. Cause I'll be down the Cape. Oh, right. And we haven't really talked about how we're going to go about a lot of this stuff. Right. I forgot about that. So I'm going to be down, you know, there. Right. Which well, I, I continue. Well, I mean, it, 
if if you're on vacation, take your vacation. You 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 work a lot, and it, uh, it's it's a break that you need. I just it feels. I don't know. I don't know if I could be away from the pod like that, especially like our six twenty eight episode. I will be there for no matter what. Um, but we have a commitment here, mm-hmm. and vacation's great, mm-hmm. but. I don't know. I I don't view this as it's work, but it's also therapy, mm-hmm. and it's a celebration. It, it is. It's a holiday. It's a holiday. Um, and I want to celebrate the holiday while I'm on vacation. Right. So I will be here. You'll be here, definitely for six twenty eight. So you'll be here for six twenty eight. Uh, and then um, we have. I leave Saturday the. 25th or 26th, whatever day that is. Mm -hmm. But we have an episode to record that Sunday. Sure do. As long as you're here for the 28th, you can, uh, you can skip the Sunday one. We'll see. It it wouldn't be the same without you for the 28th. I just, I feel like I need to be here. As a, am I really a 162 guy if I'm not here? That's a and like, great way of putting it. And I kind of start to question who I am. Because mm-hmm. even when I'm on vacation, I will be tweeting. You know, it doesn't stop because I'm doing, uh, you know, I'm at the beach mm-hmm. catching some waves. All I'm saying is not to, not to take you away from your vacation, but, uh, the last time I went away for relaxation was uh, November of 2017. Wow. And um, went to Fort Lauderdale. And uh, I recorded two podcasts when I was there. But I mean, hey, listen. You're listen, saying a lot. Listen, I'm, hey, that's, that's just me. Um, it's up to you. It's totally your call. But... When I go on vacations, I <clears throat> I take a mic with me because you never you never know what might pop up. You know? it's going to be a different looking setup. Mm-hmm. But uh, the funniest part about your setup is that it's a green screen, but you don't put anything on. It. It's even worse because originally it used to be just the green screen. Now you can just see the outsides of the green screen as Correct. well. Yeah, yeah. We're, we need to we need to figure some ideas is, your, out that. is the green screen just that like we can't see your like bedroom oh no it, i've had it down for a couple of the episodes when i forgot and i just didn't realize till afterwards mm-hmm. originally i was planning to put things up i was going to stream the show and do some different stuff like that right um you know <laughs> things have been busy so that's in the uh tyler milliken uh project ben mm-hmm. i don't know where the fuck jake keeps going like are you he there's something going on over there. There's some sort of shenanigans, hijinks that are happening. Is he getting us freshly? I think he could be getting freshly, but I think he, he already had freshly earlier. So unless he's getting a second freshly, which I wouldn't put past him, he loves freshly. I, w- I will say, Jared, I don't want to be overly concerned here, but when I did join before, uh, you know, when I got in the call before we started, mm-hmm. uh, when I joined and before I had to go take care of some business, Yep. Jake's camera was also off then, and it's just not like him. 
I think it's like, are you, do you think that we're going to like ask you for freshly if we see you eating it, Jake? Or like, what the fuck? Like, we're not going to take it from you, dude. I, I just had to take my fish for a walk real quick. Got it. <laughs> oh, shit. Got it. You could have told us. Yeah. I mean, everyone, we're all friends here. So you can just tell us next time. Everything all right? No, we're good. He just needs to get let out like every 30 minutes. So. <laughs> every 30 minutes. It's it's a big commitment. I've never owned yeah, I've never owned a fish like that. That's uh different. <laughs> so do you walk and let the fish out or it's like you kind of do it at the same time? Yeah. <laughs> My bad. I'm not a fish guy, but um uh we did Jake's takes. Uh, I, I, is there, are there is there anything that's kind of sticking out to you about the Cardinal series, this Tiger series coming up, June twenty eighth? Um, kind of like the season overall, like the the stretch that they've been on, the series win. Like where are you at right now on this team? No, I think with the uh, with the Celtics losing Game Six on on Thursday, mm-hmm. like sort of a lot of Boston fans' focus has now shifted to the, to the Red Sox, and it's mm-hmm. like. All right, this is our team for the rest of the summer. The Celtics are done. The Bruins are done. So I think this weekend was a big moment for the Red Sox to be like, yo, like pay attention to us. Like we're we're here. We're we're playing good ball. We're we're playing a first place team. And I think to take two out of three this weekend from a first place team is kind of like cementing in Boston's fans' minds. Like we're we're here to stay right now. Mm-hmm. I will say this. When I was in the dugout on Friday, there were people on the team that were saying happy opening day. And what they meant by that was Celtics are out. Bruins are out. Eyes are on us. It's, it's opening day. Now people are going to start caring. So they, they're aware of it. They know that. So for them to be aware of it and rise to the occasion and take two out of three from the St. Louis Cardinals who are in first place, it's good to know that they pay attention to shit like that. They're taking the pulse of the city and saying, hey, just so that everyone knows, if you're slumping right now, you might want to fucking pick it up because people are going to start to get angry about that shit around here or angrier. Because I mean, like Trevor Story already got booed earlier in the season, which was a little over the top. Um, But that was one of the guys that we kind of singled out coming into this series against the Cardinals was like, hey. Celtics are out, so you're going to want to step your shit up if, if you're not carrying your, your end of the deal right now because all those, uh, I mean, obviously the Celtics have diehard fans, but there are a lot of casual just Boston sports fans, casual just like whoever's playing well right now fans that uh, are diverting their attention to baseball, the boys of summer, as they say even though it was like fucking 35 degrees at Fenway. I was freezing my balls off at the game on Sunday. The fuck? It's mid-June, dude. Like, figure it out. Holy shit. I was freezing. But all those people are going to start paying attention to the Boston Red Sox. And you know what I have to say about that? What do you got? Mm. Better strap the fuck in. You better strap the fuck in. Because if you're paying attention to the Boston Red Sox for the first time a week before June 28th, 
Oh, boy, have we got a baseball team for you. We're on the uh, runway, people. Yeah. And, and listen, once this team really takes off, which they, to the, I mean, they really haven't yet. They, they fought and battled to get to 500, then to a winning record. Now we go. June 28th, we go. And we're not even there yet. So welcome. If you've been paying attention to the Celtics and the Bruins, and now is your time to check in on baseball, and this is, this is your first week doing it, welcome. Happy to have you. You've missed some good baseball. You've missed some trying times as well. Uh, but the rest of the way, it's about to be a show. So we'll see you uh, <clears throat> Thursday morning to talk about the three-game sweep of the Detroit Tigers. See you then. Buenas noches, amigos.